And now, introducing two men who are wondering why the Orioles are even bothering to bring back John Means for tonight's game when it's obvious they have already found the second coming of Cy Young and Spencer Watkins because they should, quote, just let him pitch every night, unquote. Upon hearing the news that the Olympic Village was foregoing real beds in place of ones made of cardboard to deter athletes from having sexual relations, they were quick to praise them for having their priorities in order and, quote, recognizing that it's far more important we keep things PG and far less important that these world-class athletes are well-rested, unquote. They are not Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Or as I like to call it, Glenn Clarkless Radio. As a uh, stand, the fan Charles sits across from me here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio that's here you, at that's Press what Box. You, that's what you hope for, Glenn day. Clarkless Radio. Yeah. I don't know that if I would, would call mean it that. You would have ascended to the crown. I think I would probably have a more creative name for it, but yes, perhaps, maybe someday. Uh, Chesapeake Employers is your workers' compensa- compensation insurance specialist. Uh, hey, look, Jeff Bezos. Thought of one day he might go yeah. into space, and he did today he for did. about four minutes. Indeed, you know. indeed. What, so, what a day, yeah, so a monumental day. So there's, there's hope for me. Hope for you. There you go. Uh, we got a good show ahead. Uh, young Jack sitting in as always. Uh, we have uh, Orioles second round pick Connor Norby, the East Carolina second baseman who led all of college baseball in base hits last year. He's going to join us at ten twenty. At 11 o'clock, Coppin State alum, uh, NBA TV analyst uh, Stephanie Reddy is going to call in, and she's going to break down what hopes to be a very exciting Game 6 tonight between the Bucks and the Suns as Milwaukee looks to close out the series at home after winning three straight. And then at 11.30, Jeremy Kahn from 105.7, Pressbox Online, gambling expert, We'll call in to talk about, I don't know, whatever we decide to talk about. It's always fun chatting with Jeremy, catching up. It's been, uh, I forgot to talk to him last week. I'm going to be honest, that was on me. My bad. Sorry, folks. Uh, he'll call in. Looking forward to that. Today's show is brought to you by Window Nation. And right now, you can get 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. I'm not an expert on windows, but that sounds like a good deal. It almost sounds like a deal that no yeah. company would be smart to offer. But here yeah. they are. Here they are. Big giving away money. Like them. Yep. Yes. Yep. You can call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com and tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Won't get you any or money Glenn, off. But or Glenn just, Clarkless Radio indeed. sent you. But yeah. they'll just say, oh, I know Glenn Clark. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, Window Nation, the perfect fit. So the Orioles, three-game win streak. How about that? Tying their longest win streak of the season. And uh, in an improbable turn of events, they have managed to scrape together uh, 12 straight scoreless innings on the back of Matt Harvey and Spencer Watkins. So that's fun. Uh, Spencer Watkins, you know, undeniably a neat story. A guy who pitched 700-plus innings at the minor league level before getting a taste. Uh, He was prepared to be a high school baseball coach. He was before, ready to hang it up. Before yep. the Orioles called in February and offered him a minor league contract. Didn't pitch particularly well at AAA. I believe he had like a 6.2 ERA in his time at AAA this it really year. really is an improbable story. And here he is now. Four starts, yeah. sub 1.6 ERA for the Orioles. Um, it just is a really fun kind of neat story that... 
I go back to the first time I ever heard John Means interviewed. Sure. Was early in the 2019 season, mm -hmm. and he talked about how Chris. I didn't hear the last name. I thought he said Chris Ho Hoyles. Okay. And I said Chris Hoyles. I guess he was down helping in spring training. Turn me, uh, help me turn my my changeup into a really great pitch. One of the best pitchers in baseball now. And very quickly, I found out it was Chris Holt, Ooh. not Hoyles. And Spencer Watkins says Spencer Watkins is credited. Like, yeah, he's given him all the credit in the world. Um, no, it's it's the kind of story that would not be possible in a non-rebuilding season for a team with aspirations of contending, trying to make the playoffs. There's little doubt that. Spencer Watkins would not find himself on a major league roster, but these are the kind of things that the Orioles have the luxury of experimenting with. And who knows? In the process, they just may have found a guy that maybe he won't be a fixture in the Orioles' rotation for six years to come. But if he were able to put together a quality you know, half season, season and a half, who knows whether he could be – I mean, look, who knows? Nobody knows. Spencer Watkins, we can only ride this wave and enjoy it while it lasts. But it's been – it's been neat. It definitely has. His cutter is certainly his most effective pitch. He had success with his fastball locating that, but his cutter is, uh, is his bread and butter. I mean, he's got a curveball also, changeup that he barely uses, but 20% of the time he throws that cutter, and it kept the raise off balance. Uh, it's got, I think, like a 6 percentile uh, horizontal break, like a 14 percentile vertical break. Like, it's... It's a pitch, um, and I think he did credit Chris Holt and the Orioles pitching staff, pitching coaches, I should say, for you know refining his approach a little bit and his offerings. So actually, though his his numbers at Norfolk this year, AAA numbers weren't, weren't uh, that bad. He had what were they? Three point five eight ERA. Well, that would make more sense. Okay. I think I had seen somewhere six point two. Stan, I believe your alarm might be going off. I had seen somewhere. My phone is. Uh, that it was 6-2, and that didn't make a whole lot of sense as to how a guy like that would get the call up to the major league level. So right. if it's three-point something like that, that, that would be a little bit more logical. What I'm so I misspoke. I apologize. How many strikeouts he had. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily a strikeout artist. He struck out seven of the Rays last night. The Orioles had yet to beat the Rays. But he did have 27 in 32 and two-thirds innings. That's but decent. he had given up six home runs in 27 innings. Look, I mean, he's not, he's not going to overpower you. Yeah. That much is clear. Yeah. But he pitches with guile and it's it's a really it's a really neat story i keep saying it it's very neat to see him have success after he, you know he pitches much like you produce is that with a, guile is that how that goes yeah. well i appreciate that Stan. Yeah. my cutter's a little bit worse i think but your era is not as good as 3.58 uh, i don't know let's not let's not make statements that we can't necessarily back up for sure i think i was sub sub two for the majority of my career, had a rough outing a few times back. It raised it a bit, but here we are. Uh, no, it's uh, you know, it's complicated. I'm ambivalent because we know that the Orioles. I think I saw that if they win 69 straight, there's 69 games left in the year. Then they're officially a hundred-win baseball team this year. So that's we are still possible. Yeah, right. We are. We have to acknowledge that these games that they are winning, these three consecutive games. Right are potentially going to hurt them by season's end in the sense that they might find themselves a draft slot lower, and it's, it's a complicated sort of feeling, right? We are in the midst of a rebuild, and we probably know that Spencer Watkins 
you can't you wouldn't bet on him being a part of the Orioles rotation whenever it is that the team right. is competing. But we could bet that he stands a fairly decent chance of being in that rotation another three starts from now. If they're anywhere near the success of these first three, of course, you you start penciling him in for 2022. I mean, look, it's you know. I think somebody brought up the comparison to Asher Wojciechowski, right? Where you you stumble upon somebody who is capable of being serviceable, yeah, who is capable of taking the mound every fifth day and maybe throwing five innings, five giving up three innings, runs, right. and and giving your team a chance. And, you know, in today's game, that might be all you can ask for, the way that bullpens are, are being put an emphasis on. Uh, you know, what's what's fun about it, Kyle, not to dig too deep sure. into to Spencer Watkins. No, I mean, but it's, it's the story du jour. It's funny that uh, it's fun to turn on the TV and go, oh, that's Scott Watkins is pitching. I- I'm interested to see this. He's intriguing. And then he's intriguing. Yeah, no know? doubt. It's, um, it's for Orioles fans that are – have been watching night in and night out the team trot out a starter who has got an ERA north of five and with no real hope of seeing a quality pitching performance since John Means went to the IL. Um, Spencer Watkins has been a breath of fresh air. It is without question that he has pitched the best of any Orioles starter since John Means was injured. And so, unsurprisingly, Brandon Hyde confirmed he will take the mound for his fourth start. It would be ridiculous if he didn't. And they will be left with the decision of demoting one of Eshelman, or or not demoting, but bumping from the rotation. I guess it would be demoting, frankly. One of Eshelman or Keegan Aiken, both of whom have pitched horribly. So it's better to have a guy pitching well than to not have a guy pitching well. And Spencer Watkins is the type of story that, you know, is is heartwarming to see in an otherwise kind of paltry season where the pitching has been few and far between of quality outings. So you really do hope he can continue this quality stretch. You almost wish he had been pitching a little bit sooner to maybe give himself a bit more of a track record and maybe entice some teams to try to pry him away uh, pitching needy teams in the wild card race but you know i think we're so needy on our level right now that i i like the fact that I want to see three or four more starts. I'm not worried about whether somebody else is going to come and try and scoop them away from us. Uh, I'm just interested in seeing him right now. Very interested in seeing John Means tonight. As no well. doubt. No, I mean, it's good to see him back on the mound. Uh, look forward to hopefully watching him reclaim that spot as the Orioles ace and reminding folks uh, that that first half was no fluke and his success at the major league level is is something that you can count on. So definitely excited to see that. Um, Austin Hayes doing very well as, as well in the leadoff spot. I think he went three for four last night. Um, look, his health is probably the biggest question. He's kind of dealt with hamstring issues multiple times throughout the course of his young career. But when he's healthy, you see the talent. You see that there's a reason why he was one of the top prospects in yep. the Orioles system for a while there. And it's not it wouldn't be fair to write him off. It would not be fair to say that due to his health issues, there's, there's no way Austin Hayes is a part of this whole thing. Austin Hayes has one thing strongly in his favor now. Sure. I just traded him <laughs> at the trade deadline last Thursday. Well, that's good. Okay, Looking so forward. I mean, good, 
Good yeah. for Austin. Because the poor guy didn't know what hit him the no last doubt. couple of years. No doubt, as we all know. And condolences to Tariq Scoobal, who has recently been acquired <laughs> by Stan the Fan Charles. Uh, yeah, no, it was um, a fun little night of baseball for the Orioles. Um, the Rays. Have now, every, remember, every... game time tonight is 7-10. Yeah. But tomorrow is 12-10. It'll be a day game yep. for the uh, the finish they off. They usually the are when they start at twelve ten. Yeah, I would imagine. Unless you're doing a midnight game, that'd be interesting. That's, that would be. I like that concept. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would help the Orioles, but it might not hurt them. Um, no, it's uh, it's fun. It's 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 a good good story, and I wish Spencer Watkins continued success because he's an Oriole, right? You want to see Orioles succeed, and he's it's, number eighty. As I mentioned, it's it's sort of an ambivalent feeling where you are. Understanding where the team is, understanding what it is ultimately that they are doing and in the process of doing, and yet here they are in July winning three straight, and it's like, okay, I'm rooting for them when I'm watching them. Here's the question. Next year, Yeah, Tyler Wells wears number 68, okay. and Spencer Watkins wears number 80 this year. I don't know. They might it, give Tyler Wells 69. He might have earned it. Uh, that's that's easy for you to say, Kyle. <laughs> but seriously, do you think next year both of those guys, if they're with the Orioles, yeah. which I'd say right now there's a good probability, chance, yeah. high, very high probability, higher for Wells, Wells, yeah, for sure, and Watkins, you know, fifty-fifty right now, yeah. okay. Uh, but would they have more normal numbers next year? Or? I would be. I would bet on Wells having a more normal number. Yeah. I mean, he's pitched tremendously. He yeah. has. I mean, look, if he can keep pitching like this, he could be the Orioles' closer of the future, right? Like, uh, there's a I lot to like. I think that's uh, what they're grooming him 97 for. miles per hour, 6'8". I can't imagine. It's It looks probably over 100 to hitters in the batter's box yeah. with the extension that he gets. Yeah. I um, The, the slider is very impressive. Tyler Wells has been as good of a story uh, outside of Cedric Mullins. Of I agree with you. Any of the, of the unknowns entering this season. So, definitely, that's... That's what they're doing here. The Orioles are in the process of checking some boxes, trying to figure out if these guys are legit or not, and then going from there. And they've maybe found a couple arms that uh, are worthy of being considered for the future. So, you know, the Orioles win. Not going to be upset about that until maybe they win 15 more games and find themselves at the 10th overall pick, and then maybe I'll have some gripes. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Orioles baseball. I will perpetually be a fan. And so it was neat to see them play well last night. And uh, like I said, hope I just, for, for no other reason, Kyle, I really am just happy for Brandon Hyde. To yeah. get, to, even if it's even if three days from now we're back losing seven or eight in a row, it's just nice to see him feel feel like he's doing something that's w- worthwhile. No, I mean, know? look, you're getting contributions from guys that you really don't even know who they are, like Urias, Gutierrez. Um, and that's a credit, I guess, to the scouting of Elias and company for finding players who maybe have been overlooked, who are capable of being at worst replacement-level baseball players. And so it's a ragtag bunch, but they're they're playing hard. Yep, they are. Um, and so, they'll we'll watch tonight. We'll watch tomorrow, and we will continue to watch because it's the Baltimore Orioles. Assuming that they're not going to go out and get a big time third baseman next year, sure. and clearly they're not going to go out and get a big time shortstop. Would be surprised. Would you Would you like to see Urias at short and sign Galvez again and play him at third? Or would you prefer to have Galvis and Franco again and 
you know, in other words, what would you like to see this infield look like again? Maintaining the knowledge that it's Carlos a pl- it's placeholder. And, yes. No, it's not going to be those Correct. guys. Correct. You know. um, right. When you mentioned the placeholder concept, it's easy to just kind of scoff and say, "Does it matter?" Right. Like right. because hopefully by next year, maybe mid-season, somebody in the Westberg Henderson. I don't know, Vavra, if you're talking about third, not so much Vavra. But you hope that that maybe one of these guys, maybe Caden Grenier, maybe. He's got the glove. We know that. He's yeah. hit far better than we would have expected this season. Might be ready to take that spot and, and, and try and run with it. But if I had to choose from the group here. I'll <sighs> throw one other name in there. And I had, I had um, Gary Kendall on ye- yesterday mm-hmm. on our Zoom, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Stan, tell them all about this 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 whole Zoom series that you do. I know well, every I do, week you have two shows. At the pandemic, when the pandemic started, my partner and I started talking about what I could do because I wasn't going to be coming in. Yeah. And uh, I know you and Ross Grimsley. Ross Grimsley and I hooked up, but Ross had been doing a weekly show here With during me. baseball seasons, right? And um, and then uh, Gary Stein and I had tried to do a little of this like five years ago and it didn't really go very far because we didn't know exactly how to frame it mm-hmm. so i just started doing these two zooms and then mondays about, and wednesdays yep. grimsley and stein respectively six o'clock on mondays with grimsley and a guest uh last night we had gary kendall yep and and just not to interrupt my story about the zooms no 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 but we had kendall on talking about jemai jones no he's been impressive we really got a nine over 900 ops he's been hitting very well and he's got 397 on base percentage which is impressive second base for the tides but apparently the whole thing that he's in the minors for is trying to learn second base. Yep, he was an outfielder before. And that's coming slowly. I just kind of question on a team with as few talented players as the Orioles have. Why not let them figure it out at the big league level? Why not have the first and second hitters be Mullins and Jemai Jones? A lot of people have suggested that maybe it's time to give him a shot and this whole defensive work that they're doing down the AAA, why not just let him kind of figure it out in live? Not not like Pat Vileka is a natural second baseman, you know? Right. Um, of course, you can find Stan the Fans shows live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports, and they are available the next day at pressboxonline.com. And the weekly shows are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Find them at c3america.com. Now, the Jemai Jones thing is curious. We had him on three or four weeks ago. And I mean, at the he's time, a great athlete and great has kid. the we were, genes. No doubt, you yeah. know, I Once mean, upon a time, a top 100 prospect. football player, NFL player, I think. You no, know, he was a top 100 prospect yep. for uh, the, the Angels at one point in his minor league career. So uh, I'm certainly rooting for him to get the call up and for us to get the chance to watch him at the major league level. It's time that we start seeing some guys that maybe are a little bit more intriguing. Stan, tell us a little bit about Sports and Social Maryland. I get Connor Norby on the line. Well, Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47 foot big screen 40 hd tvs extensive beer selection notice how they slide that in there big big eats in venue gaming bowling and more the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers 
We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself at Live Casino and Hotel. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Excited to chat with our next guest. He was the number 41 overall pick, the second round pick for the Baltimore Orioles, and he led all of college baseball in hits last season. I I hear that's a good thing. Second baseman, former East Carolina star, Connor Norby joins us now on Glenn Clark Radio. Connor, it is Kyle and Stan the Fan Charles here in Baltimore. Thanks so much for taking some time for us this morning, man, and congratulations on being drafted and signing with the Orioles. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So um, we had your coach, or a former coach, I should say, from East Carolina, Coach Griffin, on last week. And obviously he had a lot of good things to say about you, um, but I understand that it was not necessarily a foregone conclusion that you two were going to have a great relationship. I know I read an article that said it was the first time you had ever had a coach yell at you your freshman year at East Carolina. Before we talk about you know the emotions, hearing your name called on draft day and everything like that, like walk me through your freshman year, the after your freshman year, right? Your, the work that you put in and the realization that you had to kind of kick your, your ethic into overdrive and, and really apply yourself to making sure you fulfill your dreams here. I mean, first and foremost, I have to give Coach Goblin all the credit because he's the reason why I'm where I'm at today. But you come in as a freshman, and every, every, most freshmen have their – growing pains that they have to go through and mine were just like any other freshman and I had probably maybe even a few more but I had to get through it and it was more so just mentally just being realizing what it takes every day um, mentally to be there and be in that moment every single day and bringing your best because it is a grind and then going to I ended the my first year on a high note and I kind of took that in a summer ball and kind of just rode with it but I just I knew I wasn't satisfied deep down where I wanted to be, and I was really unhappy with how how much I didn't get to play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like a look at yourself in the mirror type moment, and um, it starts from the basics. You kind of you kind of just wake up one morning and you kind of have that motivation and that fire, and then that that fire kind of just led throughout my career, and I was never satisfied because I always wanted to be the best, and I still want to be the best. So then, obviously, it worked out all right. I mean, your last season there at East Carolina, you had 13 games with three or more hits and only seven games with no hits. Um, Take us through your approach at the plate. Like, what is it that you are trying to do when you step into the box? Obviously, people speak incredibly highly of your contact skills, but you saw the power come on a little bit last year as well. Uh, what, What exactly are you looking for when you step in the batter's box? Uh, being a leadoff hitter, I think your job is just to get on base, and I'm always looking to hit something hard. And my whole swing and setup is meant to go to the opposite field, pretty much. So that's kind of what I look for. So early in counts, especially early in the game, I'll be I'll swing at first pitch. It really doesn't matter to me. I'll be aggressive early on, and I'll look for that fastball away and try to put it in the gap somewhere. And um, later in counts, I got to get smarter with it because pitchers are getting smarter, but you kind of just have to know yourself as a hitter, and um, we worked on some stuff in the off season. Nothing really that too crazy with my swing, and a lot of it was kind of on my 
my own a little bit. He gave me a little freedom, and um, I mean, the weight room, I'll always, always give credit to, but those, I think those two things were kind of what led to the jump in power numbers. Connor, uh, first of all, congratulations. I'm Stan Charles up here in Baltimore. Um, the most impressive number to me in your stat line are numbers. You hit 15 home runs and 15 doubles, 51 RBIs, batted 415, on base 484, but the most impressive numbers to me are 34 strikeouts, 33 bases on balls. Normally, when somebody hits for power, they're giving up the ability to make contact. How do you have those kind of numbers? That's very impressive for a young hitter. I, I hate to strike out. I've never liked striking out. My parents will uh, they'll get mad at me when I do strike out, so I try not to strike out too much. But um, it was just like no one ever – I don't think anyone really kind of expected the power numbers in a sense. And I always knew that I, – I mean, I don't strike out really a ton, and that's my job, and I don't, I don't think anything good happens when you strike out because you didn't – at least if you put the ball in play, you got to make someone make a play. And um it was I, I kind of consider myself a little bit of a jack of all trades in a sense is I can kind of do everything when I um, now when I'm in pro ball that's what I'm looking to do and just continuing to get better at every single part so so what positionally defensively what what's your most comfortable position I would say second base right now just because I've been there for so long but I have played short. Um, I played short all in high school, and I played some shortstop in the college level a little bit for an inning here and there. And then I played third base my freshman year a little bit, and at summer ball that year I played third base. And I actually did pitch a little bit at the beginning, um, but I can play anywhere. But I would say second base is probably the most comfortable as of right now. When we talked to Coach Galvin, he and we discussed a lot of what people and the scouts say about you, right? A lot of scouts will say, that you're a, your only plus tool is your contact. And Coach Galvin was like, no, not so fast. Like, his arm's gotten a lot better. He's an incredibly smart base runner. Like, how, how much does that eat at you, right, when you hear people say, oh, his, his contact is all that drives his value? How, how much are you looking forward to proving people wrong and showing that you've got a whole lot more to your game than just the bat? It that actually kind of does aggravate me a little bit, but it like that's why I don't look at that stuff, especially in season. Um, I I have read some of those articles before, and I just remember talking to my parents or um, even my advisor at the time, and I'm like, "Are you reading this? Um, because this is <laughs> not not the truth." But um, I mean, it just shows that everyone has an opinion, and. Um, I get that being at second base, you don't really get to show up your arm a ton and stuff like that. But and being a smaller guy like I am, you really don't expect someone to have a good arm in a sense. Um, but I mean, I like that's why I was looking forward to when I did get picked, and even when I was going to draft workouts and stuff, I could actually show my arm, and it's like a, kind of an eye opener. Like, wow, he can play other positions in second base. Stan the Fan and Kyle Ottenheimer were in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. I'm filling in for Glenn Clark. We're talking to Connor Norby, Orioles' second draft pick. He signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, what do they tell you about this season? What are you going to do next? Will you be in uniform in the next couple weeks? 
So right now I am in Sarasota. I've been here okay. um, for a, a few days now. Um, had to go through all the protocols and everything. So I did my physicals and signed in Baltimore and then flew down this weekend. Um, but we had to go through the mandatory quarantine type thing. And I know me and Kowser, um, who is the first rounder, we're we're becoming pretty close. Um, we've been hanging out pretty much the last couple of days because it's been just us down here so far. That's cool. Um, the plan is right now, and everything's kind of tentative based off how the body feels and how ready you uh, you are and how ready they think you are and everything. But the plan is to um, we'll be here uh, the rest of the week. We'll fly out um, Thursday night to go back to Baltimore. Um, there's a little ceremony that they kind of want to throw for us, which is really cool. And then we'll fly back to Sarasota on Saturday morning, I believe. And then, um, we'll start getting back heavy into baseball stuff, getting our body in what they call game shape and start working out and hopefully start seeing some live at bats after a week or two. And once we feel comfortable and they feel comfortable sending us to go play, I think the plan is for us to go finish the season in Delmarva, but how, how everything's, te- how, how everything's diff- tentative. I'm sorry to interrupt you. How how difficult will that be to ramp back up after all the excitement of the draft? Is that going to be hard, or just the adrenaline will be flying? I don't think it would be that hard. I think like everyone's kind of itching at the bone to get back to playing. I know I am. It's been about almost a month, a little over a month since I've since I've played a game, so I'm kind of itching to get back out there. Um, but And I know Kowser feels the same way, and I'm sure everyone else feels the same way. They're kind of itching to get back out on the field. So then take me through your experience on draft night. I know that there were some folks who thought that maybe you would hear your name called maybe late on the first day. It didn't take long on the second day for you to hear it called uh was it just friends and family did you have any like sort of draft party like what what was the spread of food paint the picture for us here about what was going on so i was at my mom's house in uh in winston-salem north carolina i was there with just a bunch of friends and family on the first night and i kind of knew i i didn't really know if i was going to go that night i didn't know if i was going to call or anything it was kind of 50 50 in a sense and um I ended up did getting a call late in the first round. Um, we kind of tentatively agreed to a deal with Tampa, and mm. that one ended up not going through, uh, not happening, which actually worked out for the better. And then I remember the next day we were getting breakfast. We just finished breakfast about an hour before um, day two started, and I was on the phone with my advisor for probably about a half hour, and he was like. We've talked to a handful of teams. No one really I, – I have no idea what's going to happen. And that's kind of how the draft works. You just – you never know. Like, nobody's guaranteed for this pick at this time. Like, it's just never – that's just not, not how it works. And he's – my advisor just, like, uh, keep – like, stay focused, and it's going to work out. And we just – I can't give you a definite answer right now. And then um, when – it was uh, whoever had the fourth pick on day two. I can't remember who, but I think Boston. it was Boston. Boston yeah. yeah, Boston. Okay, so yeah, it was Boston. They um, He called me, and he was like, Baltimore, that's all he said. And I was like, are you serious? He said, yes. I said, all right, let's do this. And I got. he's like, don't tell anybody. So I'm on the phone, 
in front of all my friends and family, and I set down my <laughs> phone, and they're like, who is it, who is it, where are you going, and uh, I can't, like, I can't say anything, so I just right, right. kind of sat there, and somebody had, I can't remember who I had the pick before, um, but um, it was, it was like, they all took their phones out, and they're like, oh, he's going here, and then it didn't happen, and they're like, well, what was the phone call for, and I'm just sitting there, and then Baltimore comes up, and they announce my name, and I, everyone goes crazy. So why... Why couldn't you tell anybody? Like, is it like a superstition sort of thing? Don't jinx it, or is it like, are you at risk of spoiling the deal? Like, how it's does not that really work? Really official until they actually announce it. But isn't it like you're you're with your friends and family? What's the like? If you happen to say, but guys, team, I got the, the call. Could, the team could technically, even though they've told him. And but they how would they know? How would Mike Elias and company know that you told your your best bud that you that you got a call that you were going to Baltimore? What is it that stops you from uh, being able okay. to talk about? All it? right, yeah, go ahead and answer that. Connor, <laughs> I have I have actually no idea. It might be kind of, <laughs> you know how you know how baseball players are. We're kind of superstitious about a lot of things. So maybe that was it. Don't jinx it because they might go with someone else. Um, but I guess it's really not set in stone. Just like sure. anything in life, it's not set in stone until it actually happens. So maybe that was the big reason. But it really didn't matter to me. The the moment was as special as it was, and. It didn't matter if everyone knew or nobody knew. It was going to be as special as it was. Hey, Connor, I'm a 69-year-old fantasy fantasy baseball player, and I've been around a long time playing fantasy baseball. Tell me about your teammate. I can see your numbers. How good a pitcher is number one draft pick from East Carolina? And that's very impressive and speaks to the program. You had the 29th pick and the 41st pick, right? Yep. Uh, Gavin um, so, Williams. What kind of pitcher is he? So I actually he moved in with me this year. So he was actually my roommate for this year, and he'd always he he'd always been he'd always been able to throw hard. His look his uh his command was always shaky at times. Okay. Um, he had to develop an off speed pitch and and get really good with his off speed stuff because everyone can hit a fastball and um. But he also the biggest step he made this year was um was his mental approach to everything. Like he kinda realized that this year, like he was the best player on the field every time he stepped out on the mound and that's all he needed because it was um he has the stuff to play at the big league level and he knows that. It was just he needed to develop that kind of edge to him and that when you'd step on the mound, that demeanor and everything like that, like once he figured that out, like he was, he was hard to, he was hard to beat. And given he had one loss on the year, which came at the end, but he was lights out even that game. Um, but it was, it, I got to see it firsthand being his roommate and his teammate. And it was, it was truly awesome to see. And I'm so proud of him for where he's come. And he's going to, he's going to be a big leaguer very soon. All right. Hey, Connor, I've got one more for you. And that is, you're pretty confident without being cocky, and it sounds like you got a real passion for the game of baseball. What are you anticipating is going to be the one thing in your game that you need to work on? Um, I think my versatility. I think I want to. I know I want to be able to play other positions. I kind of look at myself like a. I, and I actually know know him a little bit. And I've met him before. Whit Merrifield. I kind of consider myself a little bit of him. Where he just hits and he can play multiple positions, yep. still some still some bases. I think that kind of that's me in a sense, and I want to be like great, him in yep. a way, but yep. at the same time, I want to be my own person. Yeah, 
That's a great comp, though. I mean, that's a great uh, picture of the kind of player you envision yourself being. All right. So you mentioned that you're, uh, or that baseball players in general are tend to be a little superstitious. Uh, would you consider yourself to be superstitious? And uh, if so, what are some of the things that you need to do to make sure your routine's in order? I mean, if some like I'm a big like I have to first of all I have to wear eye black every game. All right. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if the game's starting at midnight or at noon. I have to wear <laughs> eye black. Um, but I try to. I used to be so superstitious when I was little, and I get it from my dad, who would wear like the same clothes back to back days if I had a good game the day before. But I don't go that far. Um, <laughs> I I try to. I try to avoid that and try to realize like it's not superstition that made you good. Right. It's all the work that you put in. So, but I mean if. I'll find a routine in in the cage and stuff like that and kind of stick with it as long as it's working and um, try to just keep everything as simple as possible and keep it the same because if you don't have a routine, you're not going to be successful and at least have a plan of what you want to do. And that's kind of been my thing this year is find something that works and stick with it. If we need to adjust, adjust, but find something that fits you, that works for you because everybody's different and then just stick with it. Everything I read about you seemed to suggest that you truly are a baseball junkie. Stay late at practice, come early, and you're taking extra ground balls, hitting in the cage, all that kind of stuff. In the time where you are not focusing on baseball, what does Connor Norby like to do on a Friday night when he's hanging out with his friends? Like, is it just baseball all the time for you? It's not, and I've realized like it's just as important to get away from the game as it is um, being there focused when you're at the field. And you gotta. I. You have to be able to change your mindset and decipher it, and um, and everything like that. And I'm I'm a big movie buff. Oh. So I was just I'll gonna watch. ask you, what's your favorite movie and what's your favorite TV show? See, I don't, I've seen so many movies, like I can't even name a favorite. Right what's now, your What's your think, How about genre? What What genre do you gravitate toward when you sit down and start pulling up the streaming services to look for something to watch? Definitely action. Okay. That's that's my go-to. Um, but and then I like to watch a lot of movies. And we had um, we had, we would have all our roommates there, and they'd be like pick a movie because they know I've seen a ton, and mm-hmm. um, it'd be kind of like my responsibility to pick the movie. <laughs> um, and then I've also I got big into fishing over quarantine. Nice. Um, cool. Just something that something else to get my mind away and get away from the game and. I, which I think is just as important as being focused when you're on the field, just because it is now it is my job, basically. Like this is no my doubt. job, and um, what kind just, of it's what, it's a hard game, so you have to know how to get away from it when you need to. What kind of fish do you like to do? Fishing, uh, bass, bass, bass fishing. Are you uh, are you one that likes to go home and like fry them up, or are you in it for the sport? I'm just in it for the sport, just catch and release. All right, that makes sense. Good for the ecosystem too. One so more, then, one yeah. last thing: Bro- Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, Minneapolis is where you were born. Uh, Minnesota, where you were born. How did you carve out baseball time up in that kind of climate? Um. So, so I started. I played multiple sports growing up, and I kind of uh, limited those sports in a sense, and just really wanted to focus on baseball. I wanted to play as much baseball as I could. So. Um, it ended up being there was a they started like the Minnesota Blizzard and teams like that up there, which are like what they call club teams and they'll go travel all over. So 
I was playing um, high school ball in the, in the spring. Right. I was playing uh, travel ball in the summer, and then I was playing club baseball in the, in the fall and winter. And um, you, my club team, we'd travel to Arizona, Las Vegas, California, uh, Missouri, all these different places to go play tournaments. And um, they have like domes there in the winter that you can practice in at night. Um, during when it's when there's four feet of snow on the ground, like you'll just go inside and practice. Um, but I can never get enough of baseball. And, I remember moving to North Carolina. I was like, well, I don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Um, <laughs> it's funny, like, when it snows, it'll snow, like, two inches, and the whole the whole state shuts down <laughs> and everything like that. So are you a Vikings fan? Are we uh, safe to assume that you're rooting for all the Minnesota teams, or are you just uh, baseball only kind of thing? Yeah, but I'll, this is the only time I'll admit it. <laughs> Why is that? This a long history of losing. <laughs> hey, man, you guys have got some good players up there, but, I mean, I take it that you're not exactly uh, too prideful about exactly what they've been doing. But there's some, you know, the Vikings are better. That's better than being a Browns fan, you know? I guess, yeah, but, um, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, you're it's already important. a fan of one team in purple. The Ravens will welcome you as far as fandom <laughs> is concerned if you want to make the switch. I might, I might have to here soon if the Vikings keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> Connor, hey, man, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you here. Uh, really excited to see what you can do for the Orioles in the future and looking forward to watching you wear an Orioles uniform at Camden Yards sometime soon. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. You can be on found on Twitter at uh, Norby underscore Connor, correct? Yeah. And uh, is it Instagram, anything like that people can follow you at? Uh, it's my name underscore Awesome. Hey, man, thank you again for taking the time for really us. And congratulations. It. Looking forward yep. to watching you progress, all right? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. There he goes. Connor Norby, second-round pick for the Baltimore Orioles. Impressive kid, a lot to like, and excited to see him move through the minor league system. Stan? Two for two, two, for two on these uh, kids so far. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora. Profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tangvaloa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line. We meet the area's Olympic athletes and more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, Terps, at PressBoxOnline.com. Yeah, thank you again to Connor Norby. Uh, good chat, and clearly a kid who loves baseball and uh, got a good head on his shoulders. And it's, you know, with Michael Elias and company, they, they emphasize scouting, and not only on the baseball field, but between the ears. And it's clear, based on the conversations we've had with Reed Trimble, Connor Norby, that I would have to think that plays into their selections here because these are guys that truly love the game. Two two guys in Connor Norby who we just we just finished talking to and yesterday Reed Trimble whose answers about what they want to sort of work on mm-hmm. or what they love about the game were both very interesting. Reed Trimble saying that he loves the ups and downs of baseball. Yep. That's a pretty deep answer for a 21-year-old no guy. Doubt. No doubt. And then asking um, Connor Norby, what he anticipates he'll have to work on, versatility. No, I like that's, that he has the chip on his shoulder to prove yeah. like the scouts wrong, who think that it's only as bad. And we 
heard from Coach Galvin. I said Griffin earlier in the interview. My but, bad. But, Coach Galvin said that like his arm is a lot stronger than people give him credit for. But I'll bet you, I'll bet you, Kyle, if you talk to a hundred young kids mm-hmm. that were just drafted and you ask them what they wanted to work on or what they versatility. A lot of them that's will a, say that's a very selfless attitude. No, no doubt. The prepackaged answer is, I got a lot to work on. I'm going to work on every kind of exactly. thing like that. And, exactly. You know, that's a it's yeah. a pretty heady answer there from Norby. Yeah. So yeah. all things considered, Norby, impressive kid. And apparently his coach calls him Norbs. So we'll see exactly if that sticks. But you know what was interesting is how did he refer to to number one draft pick? He, he called said, him Cowser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't say Colt. No, no. Cowser. No, and it's cool that they're becoming close down there in Sarasota. Yeah. So looking Kinda forward. Like you and me. No doubt. Yeah. We bunk together in Sarasota all the time. All right, we're going to take our first break, and on the other side, uh, we'll chat with Stephanie Reddy at about 11 uh, a.m. That's the time we're in, a.m. It's Glenn Clark Radio, Stan the Fan, Charles, Kyle Ottenheimer. We will be right back. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. 
The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. And we are back, Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Kyle Ottenheimer, stand the fan. Today's show is brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. And guys, you're going to want to mark your calendars for this Sunday, as you can celebrate why the return is, why is that? to training camp with a crab feast featuring Baltimore edge rusher Tyus Bowser at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And for $108, you get a VIP ticket that gets you a crab feast with Maryland steamed crabs, a buffet of Jimmy's Famous Seafood favorites, an open bar, you heard me right, an open bar, and your VIP meet and greet and autograph opportunity with Tyus Bowser. The event benefits Casey Cares and cannot be missed. So get your tickets now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. So they, yes, do, they do some job, great They really eights. do. Yeah. They really do. You can get a chance to meet some of the top athletes in the Baltimore area by way of great eights memorabilia. So you're going to want to check that out for sure. They're not the great sevens or the great eights. That's, that's important. Yeah, I mean, the important. eight is a pretty that's important number here in Baltimore yeah. as well. Yeah. I got Cal Ripken, La- Lamar Jackson, but no. Yeah. It, and in the fantasy football community, some, uh, some, some ears, I guess, uh, open now is uh, Los Angeles Rams running back Cam Akers, a breakout candidate as far as all that's concerned, uh, apparently ruptured his Achilles. I just took him the other day yeah. in my first league. No, I hear you. And, uh, yeah, it's too bad. I mean, but as, as uh, intern Jack mentioned, Jake Funk was, I believe, a seventh-round pick of the Rams this season, and who knows whether that opens the door for him to get some opportunities this season. Uh, that would be a neat story. Uh, it appears that Daryl Henderson would be the incumbent now with Akers out. But um, Can I ask Jake a question because he was well, down there? I don't know who Jake is, but you could ask Jack a question. Jack, I mean, Jack, <laughs> I'm sorry. Jake, about Jake Funk, that's what got me confused. That, did he play a, an awful lot? I, yeah, I just don't the... really... I he was a starting running back last okay. year. Okay. Yeah. He was impressive. I mean, it was a short season, obviously, six games yeah. for the Terps last year, but he had 200-plus yards in one of them, um, right. maybe two games with 200-plus. He was definitely sh- finally got his chance. It was a crowded backfield for the majority of his time at Maryland with Anthony McFarland. For some reason, just not uh, – He was a Damascus true. high kid. He's uh, okay. from the area. He's okay. a good kid. We talked to him a little bit. But, no. Um, Seventh-round pick by the yeah, Rams. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see exactly how that all shakes out, but – has sent some ripples across the fantasy football community there. Stan, have you been watching the finals at all? Yes, I've been watching a good bit of the finals. What are your impressions through five games? Um, you know, I went into it actually thinking that the Bucks were the better team, mm-hmm. but that the Phoenix Suns were playing at a higher level. And uh, for the first two games, I thought I was pretty right on the money. 
it surprised me that the Bucks. When I turned on the game, you know, because I juggle watching the Orioles and watching them. When I turned on Game Four, yeah, no, wait a minute, Game Five in Phoenix the other night, where Phoenix had the chance to take mm-hmm. control of the series, I was I was kind of blown away that they were the Bucks were like down like fifteen, sixteen points yep. that early, and I said, I, I don't know, I'll turn it back, but I'm not optimistic. And when I turned it back. They were like three points behind going into the half, something like that. Yeah. It was, I said, they're in a good position here. And uh, uh, I just think Phoenix is very tough, so I don't think this is going to be an easy game tonight. You expect it goes to seven, based on what I can tell? Um, I think Milwaukee will close it out, but it wouldn't be a total shock, uh, you know. To, I hear you. you know. As far as, I mean, I'm interested because you've been watching basketball far longer than me. Um Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, have you ever seen a player like him in your life? Uh, Obviously being I like mean, the end-to-end a, type yeah. player with the athleticism to run the court, but also he's clearly a post player. He's a pretty amazing player. I mean, he's got incredible versatility, using that word Connor Norby used, yeah. to his game. You know? No doubt. He's very difficult to uh, defend. Um I think the one thing he does, and I think it was Jeff Van Gundy who talked about, when he gets the ball in the pivot, he has a tendency to have it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, you know, you got to keep sure. the ball up so they can't reach it. Well, it's worked out all right away. for him so far yeah. in this series, putting yeah. up historic numbers his, right now. His big problem, though, is his it's in his head right now is the free throw shooting. You know, you say it's in his head, but it's really not. When you hear him talk about his free throw shooting in post-game press conference, like he's fully aware – that he's not great at it, right. um, but where other guys might let it affect them in the way that they play, if they were to airball a free throw, they might play tentative, uh, avoid contact, and try to avoid going to the line. Giannis puts his head down and goes to the basket and welcomes contact and says, I'll step right up and try again. And that's something that I do admire about him because he, I mean, look, he's 26 years old, but some of the quotes you hear from him talking about his mindset and his mental approach to the game are, are more than refreshing. They're inspiring. What is his, because I know you're nimble with uh, looking up numbers, what are his career free throw numbers? Um, Jack, you want to help 60, out here? Is he a 65% he's, or is he's he He's around seven? there. He's been better. I mean, his shooting has, has the form that he's, he's used has gotten a little wonky recently. Like, he actually was a better free throw shooter, I think, earlier in his career as well as a three-point shooter. So there's, you know, I mean, you hope he can get back to that level. But if I had to guess, he's probably around 60%. Jack, what is he? I'm pulling it up right now. It's loading. He's, he's not great. He's aware. Um, but he's not well, so bad. It's not Shaq, right? It's not like Ben Wallace where you're just going to completely hack Giannis and assume that you are going to have a net win by doing so. It says that his career average is 71%. Yeah. Okay, that's not hard. But this year he was, what, 65 or so? 68, yeah. yeah. That's so, something, you know, that anybody that's as athletic as he is, if they worked with a, sure. a shooting coach, could up that to 80%. Sure, Although yeah. we, and you say that, but remember, like, you know, it's inexact, right? Your hands are so big at a certain point where it's, like, more difficult – to shoot free throws than it would be for a normal person like us if you were to work like it. But no doubt, right, shooting has always been the thing 
that you can see tangible gains and improve at. And I expect that he will continue to work as you've seen how he's transformed his body from when he was a rookie when he was like rail thin and now he's jacked. Um, Giannis is somebody he's who it would great play. He's really a force. He's a force. it would really be a cool story to see him break through and get a finals uh, victory and and get take home the championship. But as we've mentioned before, this series is interesting enough where uh, neither side would be a bad story if they won. No, either side would be a good story. Let me, let me ask you a question, and we'll obviously ask uh, Stephanie that question mm-hmm. as well. But Chris Paul, the first two games. Yeah. And and the end of the what was the who did they beat to get to they beat the Clippers, Clippers yeah. right? He was masterful, Chris Paul, yep. against the Clippers and the first two games of this series, like like it was like any shot he threw up yeah. was going in. And I don't mean he was no, I hear you throwing thirty five right. footers, right. but he was eight feet, twelve feet. Yep. they were going in. And now games three, four, and five been a whole different story for Chris Paul. There's been speculation that he's dealing with a hand injury, um, but that doesn't explain some of his careless mistakes. The turnovers Draft that he's Kings. been... DraftKings. <laughs> Maybe. They've gotten to him. The turnovers have been the biggest concern, I would say, for Chris Paul. Obviously, yeah. uh, game five when he lost, or game four it was, when he just lost the ball. Lost the ball, yeah. When he was trying to do a crossover, he made some passes where he expected players to be where they weren't. And if anything, that's probably what you expect most of Chris Paul is that sort of understanding and knowledge of where everybody is on the yeah. court. So a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes from Paul. So it's easy to speculate and say that it's the moment and that it being in the NBA Finals at 36 years old, he's both fatigued and maybe affected by the, the the state and the and where they are but uh, you know for as good of a player as he's been through his career it's hard not to wonder how much that hand is affecting him um that said i mean he knows better than anyone that it's unacceptable the way he's played right yeah. 15 turnovers in a three game span he did play better in game 5 um but still not at his you know mvp caliber level that they've probably come to expect. I mean, it's been Devin Booker. Devin Booker has been the be-all and end-all for the Suns. He is is putting himself up there with the best scorers in basketball. He might even be one, if not one of, he's close to being the best offensive weapon in the sport at only 22 or 23 years old. And I know he was kind of scoffing at the notion that he would be compared to Kobe Bryant and that people need to stop doing that. It's not crazy when you watch him play why he would draw those comparisons. Um, so who do you like in game six tonight? I mean, with the Bucks being at home, the momentum is clearly in their favor having won three straight. That said... And to be fair, the Suns did play really well all around in Game 5. Their shooters were hitting shots. It's not like anybody had a really bad game. So I've kind of been riding the idea that when the Suns are scoring at their full potential, then it's going to be hard for the Bucks to top them. But that proved sort of false. It's you got to go with Milwaukee tonight. I hope I'm wrong as a basketball fan because we always want to see, you know, Game 7, a seven-game series is always going to be the most interesting. But um, You'd like to see a Game 8, wouldn't If you? that's possible. Yeah. I would be interested to see how that would play out. Um, no, I, I'll take Milwaukee only because it's the momentum and they're playing at home. But, um, 
you know, when the Suns are scoring at, at full power, it's tough for teams to keep up with them. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Hey, my Zooms are brought to you on Monday and Wednesday by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to the website c3america.com for free analysis. I always say on the Zooms that you got to if you're going to have a roof repair or a roof uh, total new roof put on, you got to know the people you're dealing with, you got to trust them and you got to like them. And I can say all three of those things are the case with C3 American Exteriors and remember the website c3america.com. So, joining us now, one of our favorites, you know her, as a former Coppin State star and now an NBA TV analyst, as uh, the NBA Finals are certainly getting interesting with Milwaukee looking to close things out at home in Game 6. She is Stephanie Reddy, and she joins us now on Glenn Clark Radio. Stephanie, it's Kyle and Stan the Fan here in Baltimore. Thanks for taking some time for us this morning. How's it going? Good morning, gentlemen. Doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. We're good. Uh, We're good. Probably not as well as Milwaukee Bucks fans as they have a chance <laughs> to watch their team bring home their first title in what feels like 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. Uh, how just impressed have you been with the, I guess you could say, tenacity from the Bucks to come back down from 2-0 to now be in the driver's seat looking to close things out? Yeah, it's been something. Um it's kind of developed into a trend, you know, for these bucks and it's a dangerous slippery slope. Um, they have found success with that. We saw this happen with the Detroit Pistons, you know, coming off their championship where they had the confidence and they could just kind of flip the switch. That was back in 04. Um, and teams will fall into that trap. It's worked for the bucks. You know, they have such great confidence in themselves that they know what they're capable of and they can turn it on. I think the personality of this team is really starting to show through. I think that Giannis had been developing that killer instinct over the past several seasons. But I think when you added Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker, um, Bobby Simmons, I mean, not Simmons, excuse me. Portis. (laughs) Bobby Porter, Porter, thank you. Um, When you added those three personalities to this group, I think that's when you saw everything change because they had more defensive uh, presence. They had that kind of chip on their shoulder, you know, with something to prove. And they had that level of, I'm not going to back down no matter what, added to their already talented equation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. Drew Holiday, especially his defensive presence, you don't need him to score a bucket. Right. If he can do what he's been doing defensively to those guards for the Suns, anything he scores offensively, it's just bonus. Yeah, that has been a huge plus right now for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. We were talking just before we got you in, Stephanie, about Chris Paul. Chris Paul played a, a, an incredible, even though his minutes were a little short in the Clipper series, every time he touched the ball, shot the ball, he was doing everything right. The first two games of this series, he was doing everything right. What has been the big difference in his game? Is it him or are they doing something defensively on him to wear him out and throw him off his game? And how much has maybe the hand been a factor in all of this? 
That's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, Chris is one of those athletes that's not really going to talk about it if it's, if it's bothering him because he does not want to have it be a crutch or an excuse. So we won't know possibly until after this is all said mm-hmm. and done how bad it really was, just like we saw Kawhi Leonard ended up having to have surgery. We had no idea, right? Um, but I do think we have to give a lot of credit to the Bucks defense, and in particular, again, Drew right. Holiday. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have this show on NBA TV called the NBA Finals Film Room, and it's the day after one of the games in the series, and Coach Sam Mitchell and Coach Earl Watson break down the film from the previous night. And they were brilliant in talking about Drew Holiday's defensive presence and how over the span of a game and also a series, you can get your legs taken away from you. So if Drew Holiday is picking up Chris Paul full court, three-quarters court, every single possession or most possessions, that is making Chris Paul have to work that much harder. So it will take away from his offensive game, his jump shot. It will add fatigue, which will then factor into his decision-making. You know, all of these things start Mm -hmm. to fall like dominoes, and now you're talking about you're late in the series. This is added up. It's, you know, it's accumulating over this time. So, yes, I think you have to give Drew Holiday a lot of credit. But I will say, on behalf of Chris Paul, when you look at the last game, he had a good game. It he wasn't did. like his spectacular games that we saw in the beginning. Right. But he will figure things out. You know, he's a wily veteran. He knows how they're playing him now. He ended up with 11 assists and one turnover. So I think he's, you know, he's showing. He's doing well. Uh, it seems like we've gone too long without mentioning the name, the name Giannis Tetacumpo in this interview, um, <laughs> given how utterly dominant he has been. And I think in particular – something that even I'm guilty of. I think in today's NBA, with the style of play that we see from so many, you know, seven-footers extending the court and being perimeter players, we almost lose sight of maybe the fact that Giannis could be the most dominant post player in the league right now, despite having the ball in his hands on the perimeter so much. I mean, is how unique... Is he, and is there really a way to define all that he brings to the Milwaukee Bucks? No, it's a short answer to that, <laughs> because he is part of that confidence equation. Um, when you have someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo on your team, you know that at any moment you can give him the ball and he will get you a bucket or to the free throw line. And okay, he's not a great free throw shooter, but the thing I love about Giannis He does not shy away from the contact or the paint down the stretch. He gets to the line because he knows that helps his team, right? So even if he's shooting 30, 40, 50% from the free throw line, what it's doing is giving your opponents fouls. It's putting your team in the bonus early. So all of your teammates get opportunities to get to the free throw line. He gets that. And I think that's so important. Um, And it adds to his value. He knows what he can do. And he stays in his lane. You know, yeah, sure, the game has changed. But when you have a player that you can't stop, then, I mean, defenses have to figure you out. I I think he's brilliant and not changing the way he plays. And, I mean, for as amazing as he is on the court, I think it's it's equally impressive how impressive he is off of the court. The quotes that he gives at only 26 years old. I mean, his (laughs) humility, how, I mean, how rare is that for a player of his caliber? Extremely rare. It's extremely rare. I mean, he has um, a high level of intellect, and you can tell. And I think we also, in this country especially, get spoiled with these international players. This is not his first language. You know, like, imagine putting yourself in a country where you 
the culture is completely different. The way society treats you is completely different. And it's another language on top of that. So having said all that, his brilliance is like exponentially what we give him credit for, in my opinion. Um, but in terms of his wisdom, it's beyond his years. I mean, you do have young players that are brilliant on the court. Um, we've seen that. You know, Devin Booker is an example of that. Um, and, and Devin Booker is also extremely intelligent. Yeah. But the humility is different. Um, Giannis just, he doesn't really care what happens as long as they win. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true with Devin Booker to an extent. You know, you hear him all the time. If sure. he plays well and they lose, he's not happy. And I believe that is genuine. Um, but I do believe that Giannis, you know, literally if he didn't score for an entire series, but they won four games, I think he would be just as happy, you know? And I think that our society, we are so ego driven here in this country yeah. that I think that yes, you want to win at all costs, but a little bit of you is going to be a little mad that you didn't score. You know, I think that's just the way we are. So I think that he's cut from a different cloth and I enjoy it. Stephanie, um, the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, Mike Budenholzer, uh, Budenholzer. Um, you know, he had a good run in Atlanta, but the word was sort of that he, you know, he, he's a good in-season coach. And I started hearing rumblings about that early in this season's playoffs. Uh, what will this do to his uh, sort of legacy? His, uh, you know, his resume, if he's able to pull this off. Yeah, well, it's quite a boon. You know, I mean. When you win an NBA championship, there is no higher level of basketball play. Um, it is widely considered the best basketball in the world. You know, I, the Tokyo Olympics might say otherwise. Right. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, this is the highest level, the elite of elite. So if you can win a finals, then that's a feather in your cap. Um, I think the good thing about Coach Bud is that at least from the outside looking in, it appeared that he never cared what other people thought of him. Um, and I think you have to have a certain level of that. I mean, you see that in Greg Popovich. Yep. He could care less what we think of him, you know, because he understands that he is going to find success some way, somehow. And I think you're seeing that out of Coach Bud in this series. I think he did have a reputation, whether it was fair or not, that he didn't make adjustments um, on the fly as quickly. But you've seen in this playoff run – especially because they started down 0-2, you've seen him make adjustments. Um, and I think people also don't factor in rosters when they make these sweeping generalizations of coaches. Right. Um, sometimes maybe you want to make the adjustment, but you don't have the personnel to do so. You know, like mm-hmm. those things factor in. And I think he's got a great roster this season, and he is using it to its fullest capabilities. Uh, I think, I mean, entering game three after what we saw in the first two games, I was kind of under the impression that if the Suns were playing at their best, if all of their big three and their guys that they spread the floor with on the three-point line are hitting their shots, that there isn't a whole lot that the Bucks can do to keep up with them. I think game five proved me wrong there, right? The Suns played pretty well. They shot the ball very well and they still found themselves on the wrong side here. What is most important for Phoenix to be able to push this to seven games? Turnovers. That's a quick, dirty answer. You know, like if they can take care of the basketball and they're playing well, obviously your shots have to fall. I mean, that goes without saying, especially when you're at this point in in the playoffs, uh, in the finals. But turnovers, if they can take care of the basketball, 
then they should be fine. I mean, you're talking about trading threes for twos sometimes, but if you're turning the basketball over and you're not even getting a shot attempt at all, then eventually that's going to catch up with you. And when it comes down to maybe one or two possessions at the end of the game, then all of those possessions earlier that you lost due to turning the basketball over are going to come back to haunt you. Right. But I think that's the key. You know, one of the things that I find fascinating in an NBA final is the overwhelming belief that the home team is going to win when they, when they have a chance to nail down the series. And just as equally is the feeling that if Phoenix pulls off the upset tonight, that, wow, if they, they won in Milwaukee, there's no way they'll lose at home in Game <laughs> 7. And that can prove to be uh, totally out the window, too. Is this series, in your estimation, whoever wins tonight's game wins the series? And, of course, if Milwaukee wins, they literally win it. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Not at this point. You know, I think home court certainly factors in. Um, and this year, maybe more than most recent years because coming off of COVID, when, yeah. when these guys have not played in front of fans for over a year, I think that when the fans started coming into the building in the playoffs, I think that home court was huge because just the fans were on 10 all the time right. you know, because they were so happy to be there. Um, but I think at this point, when you're talking about a, a deciding game for the whole thing, I, I'm not sure home court will factor in unless you have a player or two that tends to play better at home or on the road, no matter where home or road is, meaning like their personal routines are the difference. You know, I think the fans factor in less and it's more about the player's comfort level. When I was coaching in the D league, I had a player who played so well on the road, you know, 30, 35 points. And then we'd get home and he'd get like 12 and we couldn't figure out what it was. Um, and then he started staying in hotels for the home game hmm. and doing his road routine at home. And he started scoring again. So I think that that factors way more into each player's performance than, let's say, like a fan screaming extra loud. You know what I mean? So then, look, you mentioned Devin Booker says all the right things. He clearly loves the game of basketball as a student of the game. And despite him saying that, like, people need to stop comparing him to Kobe Bryant, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really impossible to not see the similarities in their offensive game when he yeah. plays. I would say that probably Booker and Jason Tatum, and, I mean, look, Chris Middleton's been spectacular, too. He deserves some, some mention in this category as well. But, like, isn't, isn't, aren't those comparisons warranted? Like, is it not impossible to see uh, Kobe when you watch Devin Booker play. Yeah, I agree with that. And we actually talked about that on our show also. And we showed film clips, actually, <laughs> of Devin getting to his spots and pulling up and then Kobe doing the same thing. Um, I totally get that a player does not want to be compared to one of the greatest to ever play it. Right. You know, nobody wanted to be compared to Michael. Same thing. But when you're just talking about actual court moves and maneuvers that you do, and you can literally put a clip, a video side by side and see the same thing, that's a fair comparison. You know, I try not to do like a general comparison of an entire body of work as a player to another player because I just don't think that's fair. But when you're talking about like, okay, Book gets to his spot on the elbow and pulls up. He has that baseline short corner shot right. off the dribble. You know, like the fade away. things. Correct. 
And he clearly learned it right. from Kobe or studied the film. Like, I think that that is a fair comparison. You can see it with your eyes. Hey, Stephanie, um, I'm going to ask you one outside of the championship uh, match between Milwaukee and uh, Phoenix. The Los Angeles Lakers, they, they seem to be in a really tough spot. How are they going to improve the, you know, the cast that surrounds AD and LeBron? That's a great question. Um, and just to be honest, I haven't really thought about the Lakers at all recently. I know. <laughs> I, know. I was thinking about um, it watching LeBron right, uh, the other at day the at the game, you know. Right, right. Um, I think, you know, when you have two superstars like LeBron and AD that are the type of stars that they are, meaning that they, they want to win games, they're willing to sacrifice their own game for another player to find success so that the team can find success, I think it's a lot easier to fill the holes in, you know. Um, and they're also versatile. So you can you have a wider net that you can cast to, to bring players in. Because LeBron can play multiple positions, and so can AD. Right. So really, you can look for the best available player and then figure out how the pieces fit together. So I think they have an easier road of it than most teams because of the caliber of player that they have. And I also think, you know, let's just be honest. LeBron is not happy the way his season sure. ends. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he is going to come out guns a-blazing I next guess, season. I, I guess my question is what they have to give up not to a lot. get, they don't have much that other right. teams would want, and I'm hearing them that they're in a hunt for Ben Simmons, they're in a hunt for Damian Lillard, and I'm just going, what are they? How are they going to get those players? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Okay, that's the short answer. Right. Um, <laughs> that's an honest answer. But I do answer. feel like they'll figure it out. You yeah. know, yeah. when you when you have championship aspirations and not just hey, we got to get to the playoffs this season. When you're thinking we need to get a ring. You know, because LeBron is getting older, father time is undefeated, they'll figure it out because the window is closing. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I did not ask you as a Coppin State alum about another Coppin State alum, Anthony Tark, and his NBA draft preparation as we've been hearing some pretty rave reviews about his yeah. prospects of hearing his name called on draft day. I mean, how, how cool is it for the Coppin State program first, but then also, I mean – he seems kind of to be tailor-made for the NBA game as far as his versatility and his defensive skills. Uh, talk a little bit about Tark and what he could bring to the team. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Um, you know, we've had a couple of prospects over the decades of, you know, Coppin State basketball, and a couple of guys have gotten, you know, a little bit of time, you know, in the NBA. But this would be a tremendous boost for the program. Um, if, like you said, his name is called, you know, I think that's huge because a lot of guys will get invited to camps and they may or may not make the team, but to actually get drafted is a big deal um, because that means that there's a lot of teams that are confident that you could contribute to their team. Right. Um, so I think that's huge. I don't know what's going to happen. I actually was, was asked to work the draft and I respectfully declined because it's uh, the night before my anniversary and I've oh, been wow. on the road. So, many weeks. Well, congratulations like, on the anniversary, first and foremost. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I am really excited to see what happens with him. I think it's huge. And I think I'm glad you brought up Coppin State because I was going to ask to like give a little plug. We've had such a tremendous year for Coppin State Athletics. We've got Olympians competing. 
Um, the Ghana track and field team is actually training at Coppin State University because, you know, we have Joseph Amoa um, and the 104 by one. We had the MIAC Woman Athlete of the Year. We had the MIAC Greatest Men's Head Basketball Coach of All Time, Fang Mitchell. He was just given that honor. Awesome. Um, and also the court at Coppin State is going to be dedicated and named for Fang Mitchell coming up this season. I love and Fang. And he'll be inducted. Love. I, you know I love Fang. Yep. Yeah. Um, he'll be inducted into the Coppin Hall of Fame. Like all these things are so long overdue, but they've got a new president there at Coppin State University, and he seems to be doing things the right way. And it's showing, you know, it's like we have, we've always had great academic programs, but they never really were given their credit nationally. And now you're starting to see that some of their programs are getting ranked nationally and getting the recognition that they deserve. And it's a small HBCU school, and I'm thrilled that all of these accolades are coming raining down on the university and I'm proud to be an alum. So um, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Coppin State. Well, I'd say it's pretty safe to say they are proud to have you as an alum as well. Uh, Stephanie, we genuinely appreciate the time as always, particularly during such a busy time of year for you guys in the NBA. And uh, we look forward to catching up again soon. You're at Stephanie Reddy on Twitter, correct? Yes, that's And correct. is there anywhere you can find you on Instagram, anything like that? Um, at Stephanie Reddy TV on Instagram. Awesome. Well, you can see her on NBA TV and uh, genuinely appreciate the insight, Stephanie. Look forward to catching up soon. Have a good one. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. And happy Stephanie anniversary as well. Thank you. <laughs> there she goes. Well, that's the most important. Indeed. Yeah. Stephanie Reddy, uh, a tremendous analyst, Coppin alum, one of the uh, the most, I would say, successful alums that have come out of that school, and uh, Anthony Tarek looking to add his name to that list as well. So appreciate her taking the time, as always. All right. Uh, Jeremy Kahn will be our next guest. He's Indeed. coming up at, what, about 1130? 1130, yes, okay. 11.30. So look forward to catching up with Jeremy and seeing what he has on the docket as far as all that's concerned. We'll take our, our next break here in a second. Today's show is brought to you by Glory Days Grill, and Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Do you want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Well, stop in to one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. It is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. As Stan mentioned, uh, Jeremy Kahn on the other side of the break in a few minutes. But until then, we'll see you in a bit. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Ty Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great, the number eight, letter S, Memorabilia.com. And remember, you always have a chance to be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover thomas kenzora profiles university of maryland quarterback talia tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the terps to big 10 prominence this year also inside bo smolka breaks down the ravens offensive line a look at coppin state's olympic connection and much more press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. And we're back. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Uh, today's show also brought to you, as we mentioned before, by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com. Can I say one thing real quick? No. Yes, of course you can, Stan. That the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio, we want to thank them for supporting uh, our programming here at PressBoxOnline.com. It doesn't get said off. This gets said often enough, the name. But, sure. But our appreciation. Definitely. Because they really stepped up big no time doubt. for Chesapeake us. Insurers, insur- no, Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Stumbling over my words a little bit there. We were talking off the air, but no. Chris Middleton, we didn't get a chance to talk with Stephanie Reddy about him. but Having um, a great series. No, he's been having a tremendous postseason. He's... Asserting himself as truly one of the better scorers in the league. And in crunch time, it seems like when they really need a bucket, 
It's always Middleton who steps up, whether it be a big three or knocking down an important mid-range shot. The guy has ice in his veins. And the combo of him and Giannis, Giannis being like willing to pass, being selfless enough to not feel like he needs to be the one to take the shots, the awareness to know that Middleton is a better player to take those shots, um, it's certainly worked in the Bucks' favor. And... I mean, he he doesn't – like, Milton shot, I think, 30 shots one of those games. He was, like, 13 for 30, but in the fourth quarter, he went crazy. And so it seems like even if he's cold for the first three, he finds a way to come back and really just put the game on ice. So if they do win tonight, it will be, of course, Giannis who gets the bulk of the credit, and for good reason, right, to average 32 points, like 13 boards and six assists on 60% shooting is otherworldly. Um, but – Middleton has been, I mean, it's its part and parcel to all that's gone on for the Bucks' success and how paramount he has been game in and game out is, is truly deserving of recognition. So I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention how well he has played. He's played fantastically, but as we talked about with Stephanie, I think this uh, holiday and the defense he's done – uh, on Chris Paul specifically, no doubt. has been the game changer in the series. Speaking of Holiday, I mean, I know Jeremy Kahn's going to join us in a couple of minutes here. He is a big Drew Holiday fan. Um, I thought you were just going to say it's like a holiday. No, when, no, it is. When Jeremy's no. here. No, he always he's talked about how Drew Holiday is who he feels one of the more underrated players yeah. in basketball, and it's easy to, you know, think that he's maybe not doing his job when he struggles shooting the way he had in the first three games. But as Stephanie mentioned, like he could go without scoring any points at all. In the full court defense, he's applying to Chris Paul. That that turnover, obviously, at the end of the game where he stripped it and led to the Giannis alley-oop, which put the game on ice for the Bucks that, in game that five. That pass was unbelievable. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning Chris Paul. That was a Bush League push, right, where he was trying to push Giannis when he was in midair. And thankfully, Giannis is yeah. huge and strong enough where it didn't really affect him. Um, but no, Drew Holiday has been integral to the Bucks' success in this series. And you imagine if they were to close it out tonight, the defense would be a large reason you, as to why. Do you think that push could hurt Chris Paul's standing with a, a certain insurance company? <laughs> I think they'll probably continue State to Farm? pay him. He could just blame it on Cliff. That was right. Cliff, not Chris, you know? All right. Going to make our connection with Jeremy Kahn here in a second. Stan, tell us about the BMW championship. Well, aside from my... Wearing the hat sometimes in here. I want to say that the PGA Tour's top 70, that's right, 70, not 250, not 300, the top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at bmwchampionship.com. All right. Jeremy Kahn, who, uh, is on the 105 Big Bad Morning Show and also writes uh, for PressBoxOnline.com, joins us right now. And, Jeremy, uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you uh, for moving over here and doing a little writing and touting your uh, picks. Uh, for years we listened to you with Scott Garceau talking up your picks, and Scott's not much of a better, but a degenerate like myself really appreciates that. No, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I, the one thing I keep telling people is I'm trying to be transparent. So everything that I'm putting out there, I'm betting myself. Right. Um, so just it kind of lets you see how I do things. And, you know, for, for people out there that are paying for picks and all those things that go on stand, you know how it is. Like you got so many people that lie about what they're doing or they just <laughs> focus on all the good. Like 
I've told people all along that the NBA Finals have not been kind to me. I'm 0-5 against the spread in the first five games. But uh, baseball's been really, really good to me so far uh, the past couple months. I got thrown off there. My phone started ringing. It was Gary oh. Stein. <laughs> I apologize, Jeremy. That's all right. I was surprised at seeing that. So uh, we know that uh, the finals are obviously on your radar, and uh, you're clearly a big NBA guy. And to your credit, right, you mentioned how much you're a big Drew Holiday fan. Before the series yeah. started, he had some trouble shooting the ball, but his defense has clearly been a huge part of the Bucks' success here as they enter game six looking to close it out. Um, I mean, I guess we'll start with this, given that you are a betting expert. Where is your money being placed as far as this game is concerned? And uh, Yeah, because we obviously want to yeah, bet right? the opposite way right now. Do you think but the Bucks close it like, out? I feel... I feel so good about tonight's game too. That's, that's like you try not to get caught up in what's happened in the past because I love the Bucks tonight. I mean, they've won three straight, and everybody like when I look at the the betting lines and like where the money's going, like all this money's coming in on the Suns, and I like I understand that people want a game seven and expe- like they expected the Suns to win when they were up two zero and like, the series was over at that point, according to a lot of fans' minds, and then here come the Bucks just storming back and everything's kind of broke their way and. They've uh, Giannis said he figured out the the Giannis wall and Drew Holiday. You know, people uh, Devin Booker dropped forty some points last game, but Drew Holiday came up with the really big stops when he needed it and made some some unbelievably def- uh, you know great defensive plays. I think he had a block and three steals. And Giannis was the same way, a bunch of uh, blocks and steals to go along with it. Um, so yeah, I, I love the Bucks tonight. I think if they can feed off that crowd, the first quarter is going to be so telling because if they can feed off the crowd, I think they put the Suns to bed and the series is over. Uh, you might be a little too young. Do you remember the series when the Portland Trailblazers were down 2-0 to the – I mean, excuse me. Uh, yeah, they were down – Portland Trailblazers were down uh, 2-0 to the Philadelphia 76ers. This is probably 1978, 80. So you're, you probably weren't even born yet. But, you're going back to Bill Walton and Jack? Yep, this, that, this yeah. is kind of reminding me of that series, you know, that where the better team lost the first two games and then they just, the better team, the odds swung and then the better team really took over. Yeah, and that's kind of that's what's happening here when you look at, you know, the way that this is all gone. Um, I, I mean, I give, you know, like I said, a tip of the cap to them for, for really getting it done, but uh, you know, the Suns, they've, they've had some opportunities. I, I think they, they look no further, and it's one of the games that I got wrong. I had the Suns in game four. They had a six-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and I think they promptly put up 14 points in the fourth and just looked horrendous. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're been they're going to have nobody to, to kick but themselves when all is said and done for how this series turns out uh, if they're not able to win tonight. And, you know, from, from my betting side of it, I'm, I'm all over the Bucks. It's my favorite play of the day. What, what are they favored by? Five. Five, uh, five points. points. Okay, and yep. you like them given the five points. Yeah, and I've seen so more public money coming in on the Suns. I mean, a lot of it. I mean, it's almost a, a two-to-one. It's over a two-to-one ratio of people betting on the Suns as opposed to the Bucks. And I just don't understand it. Like, I, I would understand if more people were putting money on the Bucks today just because, I mean, they've been on a roll. It's three games in a row. Now they're going back home for such a pivotal game uh, where the Bucks have only lost one playoff game at home the entire postseason. So if if the Bucks were to lose tonight, does that that spread line automatically go the other way, and Phoenix would be a five point favorite Friday? Um, I think Phoenix would be probably a two and a half, three point favorite. Okay. On uh, I think it's Thursday. 
Yeah, um, okay. Is it Thursday? Yeah, okay. so yeah, I think they would be probably cl- – I would say a three-point favorite is what I would expect. Jeremy, um, how much baseball do you bet on? A ton. I mean, it's to be honest with you, like I had a crazy football season last year, and I, I don't – I mean, I can only hope to even <laughs> come somewhere near duplicating that. But um, baseball has been uh, unbelievably good to me just because I, I use this thing called – there's a weather edge tool that I use to go along with uh, how I factor in betting. So just to kind of – I go through my process of looking at the games, looking where the money's going. Uh, I look at umpire data, and I look at the weather. And the weather edge tool, if they're on any of the totals I'm on, be it an under or an over, um, I end up doubling my bet. So, like, today uh, my big bets are the, the Nats over, and um, there's a 3 o'clock game or 3.30 game. That's the A's and the Angels. I like the over there as well. And both of those games, and they're, they're great hitting conditions. And that's what I try to tell people. Like, sometimes it's not – baseball has more variance than any other sport. I mean, you could have a – Mike Trout could be 12 for 12 off of Dylan Bundy or something with eight home runs, and he could very well come out in the next game and go 0 for 4 well, with four hard-hit balls right at an outfielder or an infielder. It's just it's a weird sport. They're teammates, uh, But you're Jeremy. trying to play the odds, you know. So Mike Trout ahead, and sorry. Dylan Bundy don't face each other very often in the past couple of years. I'm not sure if you're aware. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it, depending on you look at a lot of people like to look at BVP data when they're right. playing daily fantasy or even um, even in gambling, like, oh, my God, they own this pitcher. And we've all seen plenty of times where if you want to call it a reverse lock or just some things don't go your way that are fully expected. Like we've had days where it's unbelievably hot out. The, hum- the humidity's off the charts. The ball should be carrying. And then we get one of these soft tossing pitcher that gets you know, the, the ball's beaten into the ground and gets all this soft contact. And next thing you know, they might be giving up hits, but they're getting double plays to get out of innings or uh, having some good luck. And, and sometimes that happens um, in, in betting totals or betting sides in baseball. It's a crazy sport. I mean, I've had a couple games this year where there's been seven or more runs scored after the eighth inning. Like, you just – that happened uh, over the weekend. One of the games I lost, I had an under. There were nine runs scored in the eighth and ninth inning combined. So uh... you can know about it. What kind of odds are you getting on the Orioles winning the next sixty-nine games to reach a hundred wins? Yeah, that's not happening. So um, <laughs> you can, you can, if you want to throw money away, you might as well just light it on fire now. You got a better chance do, but... being hit by lightning here in the studio, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> the umpire data is that? Do you uh, just go to Baseball Reference under the pitcher who's pitching that night and look for so what you... his records are with with that umpire behind home plate? Yeah, I mean, there's all you can look up. Uh, you can Google the umpire data. There's different sites. I mean, there's a lot of daily fantasy sites that I use. That you have to pay for to get some of that information. Right. Um, but you know, you can look it up. I used to go to, like, I would Google baseball weather before this Weather Edge tool came out. And the Weather Edge tool is on Roto Grinders. So if anybody's it's rotogrinders.com, if anybody's interested in it, and what it does is it gives you analysis of weather in that stadium and what the likelihood is of balls being hit, uh, home runs being hit and pitcher's ERA. So if you see something in green, that's in your favor. If it's in red, depending on what you're looking for. So if you're looking for overs and you see green, it's in your favor. Red would say, you know, tell you to go the other way and go with unders. But, um, but that being said, you know, the umpire data, like Bill, uh, Bill Miller um, is, is the, the number one pitcher's umpire in all of baseball. So sometimes you'll see a game where, you, you know, if you have like an ace like a Garrett Cole and he's got Bill Miller behind the, um, uh, behind the plate, Games, the game's going gonna under. The, yeah, yeah, he's going to get the six inches or four inches off the plate. So if he's getting those calls, he's going to be damn, you know, hard to hit. And uh, so, that, like a lot of people know that. And then there's other umps that are total hitters umps, where you know they're going to they're going to call the strike zone a hell of a lot tighter. 
which makes the pitchers throw a little bit more over the plate and gives you the opportunities for those hard hit balls. I just think those are things that people don't typically look at where you can gain an edge over time. Of course, if anyone knows about four to six inches, it's Jeremy Kahn. Yeah, uh, that's clearly me. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Spencer Watkins? Are you a believer that this is going to be sustainable, or are you kind of just like enjoy it while it lasts? Yeah, I'm, I'm an enjoy it while it lasts guy because we've been fooled a couple of times, with, whether you want to talk about guys like Brad Bergeson having a hot year, mm-hmm. you know, the fans screaming when John Main left and went to the Mets and he was lighting it up, and it's like, oh, my God, how did we lose this guy? And it's Again, I go back to baseball being such a weird sport. I think it's a great story. You know, being 28 and now getting this opportunity, and how many times did he ask himself, was he going to continue the journey? Um, and now he's just he's pitching well and, and a hitter's, you know, for the most part in a hitter's ballpark in Camden Yards. But uh, it was a good start last night, did a phenomenal job against a Rays team. And, um, you know, I think these guys can start feeding off each other. Maybe we'll get some better outings. We saw Matt Harvey with a good outing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you talk about Watkins, and then now, you know, coming in tonight, hopefully John Means gets back and, uh, uh, looks like he did at the beginning of the year. How do you handle betting with a guy like like Watkins, right? Are you just sort of avoiding it due to how successful he's been, coupled with kind of the track record suggesting it won't last? Or are you going to say, like, hey, I'm I'm betting on a regression to the mean here, and I think that he's due for a stinker sometime soon? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably, like, for a guy like him, uh, you know, like I stayed away from last night's game. The funny thing was I had that game marked down as, as an underplay, and then I scratched it off because – that's part of my like process is I put all the games that I like and sometimes there's 10 or 12 and then I try to eliminate it to get it to a more palatable number because the more you're betting, I mean, the longer you stay in a casino or the more games you bet, the better chance you have of losing um, as the VIG or the juice will start to add up mm-hmm. and deteriorate your totals, but uh, um, whether that's winning or losing. But fact remains that a guy like Watkins, we just don't know enough about him. Like you can look at all the minor league data you want. And a lot of times this happens so much in daily fantasy where guys are looking at how they did in the minors and trying to equate it to how it's going to go in the majors. And we know that's not the same. Like the pressure is different. The hitters you're facing are different. So I almost, for me as a, I'd rather have more information than just throwing something at it going, Oh, I expect him to stink. And, and then you wind up with, you know, like his last three starts where he's been, you know, pretty good. Jeremy, uh, Back when I started betting on baseball, uh, and I was far less sophisticated at it than you were, a couple of smart guys, you know, when I would say, you know, a team is like won six games in a row. Well, they're due to lose. The the smart people that, that were bookmakers that I knew said that's the exact opposite. If a team has won four or five games in a row – the bet really is to, to stay on them to do the same thing again. Do you ascribe to that simple theory? You know, you know what's funny about it is, is I, I don't because, so, again, talking about baseball and variance, it's like flipping a coin. Yep. Um, you know, you, you can sit here and have heads come up six times in a row. It doesn't mean it has the same amount of chance of coming up the seventh time as it does right. the, you know, the previous six. And I kind of feel that way. I do think teams get on, on hot streaks and – uh, some guys that I know gamble will just ride those hot streaks. And, I, and I'd be lying to say that I haven't gotten involved with that. Like, uh, who was it, the A's that won like 20 in a row right, a few right. years back. I mean, I got to them on the 13th time, and I said, you know what, screw it. I wasn't placing large wagers, right, but I was right. like, 25 bucks here. Let's ride this out and see what happens. Right. And I remember, I think the 20th win was like some crazy comeback where they were down like seven runs, and they came back and won. And then eventually lost after, whatever, it was 21, 22, whatever it happened to be. But, you know, sometimes – those streaks happen, but I, I just feel like they're more anomalies than something that you can rely on. Um, and, and again, the, the thing with baseball is that you're betting, 
you're betting the money line. So you could come into that, and the line will be inflated as they go along because people love to bet the that winning team. Um, so when you finally lose, did you bet them when they were minus two twenty, and it's it's like losing two games, or did you get them at a fair price? You know, there's there's all those things that to me at least factor into it. Now we're talking with you about literally betting on games. Uh, obviously, you know about the legislation that's coming into being uh, that's going to make Maryland. Uh, legal to bet on sports. What are you hearing in terms of the timing now for that to start where you can actually go to a bricks and mortar place like live casino hotel or bet MGM uh, and actually bet on games? Yeah. So the weird thing was we were here in July 1st for a long period of time. Right. As, as things happen, they, they continue to get pushed back. I don't think there's any way that the gambling as far as uh, casinos, the sports gambling and casinos go, I think that'll definitely be done by football season. Um, the only issue that they're going to run into is is with the apps and you know everybody wanting to get on FanDuel's app or DraftKings app or whatever it may be, if, uh, depending on which um, outlet you want to use as far as like legal gambling goes. But they have to be able to track it. And from my understanding, the issue they've been having is trying to come up with the technology to be able to track people on their apps um, so there's no... You know, so they're not missing out on any money. They need to know how much is coming in, how much is going out for tax purposes. So, um, in a casino where you're, you know, you're out paying, you hit big and you get your slip back or whatever. Um, I did. I wrote an article for Pressbox a while back. If you haven't betted a sports book, and just the things to look at, like rotation numbers, or you can go in and say the team you're betting on. Most of the the tellers will be able to help you with that stuff. Whether it's parlays, teasers. I mean, there's just so many different options these days. And Stan, you know, like. I'm a little bit more old school when it comes down to it. Like I used to bet all the prop bets on the Super Bowl, but now you can do that on like every game. So you can you can go in and say, okay, when you're talking about the NBA tonight, I'm going to take Giannis points, rebounds, and assists over you know 46 and a half or under 40. You know what I mean? So you can bet on all those things now, but uh, you got to hold on to your slips. But I, I think that when it comes down to it, when they're able to figure out how to track the apps, that's where it's going to be its hottest, and everybody's going to be betting. Um, you know, heading to games, you're on your phone, you're yep. placing a bet, you're placing a halftime bet, an in-game bet. I mean, gambling's so crazy now with all the different things they offer. It's like a buffet. With football around the corner, are you the type that does the season-long bets, or do you keep it on a week-to-week basis? I do. I mean, I'm more of a day-to-day, week-to-week guy. Um, if I find value, like I told you guys, I, I thought that the the playoffs were wide open this year in the NBA, and I said I, I bet on the Portland Trailblazers. Right. And I thought the odds were so good. They end up losing in the first round. I wasn't wrong in the process of looking at the team saying it's a little bit more wide open as everybody's going, oh, it's going to be the Lakers and the Nets. I didn't feel that way. Um, but, you know, if the Nets had stayed healthy, I'm pretty sure they're probably playing for the finals. Or if uh, Kevin Durant wasn't wearing Ronald McDonald's shoes when he <laughs> shot that three. Um, but all those things aside, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the day-to-day, uh, week-to-week. I'll find some value bets and do some year-long bets on occasion, like to bet a team to win a Super Bowl. But again, they're smaller bets for me. Like If I was going to bet on a team to win a Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, I might put 50 or 100 bucks on it and you know hope to hit and probably rip my ticket up midway through the season as it goes. <laughs> Fair enough. Because I'm looking for value. I'm looking for the the big odds. Like I want to get that big hit on a live dog, meaning that's why I bet Portland, because I thought that they could get out of the first round and then make a run. Um, the same way, you know, that when we like Atlanta, Atlanta was another team I said was a live mm-hmm. dog in round one. I didn't expect them to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I thought they'd knock off the Knicks. Um, and then they made their run. So it's just trying to find those teams where there's just so much value on them 
that it's more than likely a losing bet, but if you hit, it makes up for all the other ones you lost. Jeremy, what was on uh, World of Stupid today? So today we did, um, when we talked about the Brazilian president who had hiccups, he had them for <laughs> 10 days straight, right. uh, and it was from him getting stabbed three years ago. It was, it was a really weird story. Interesting. Um, we talked about a guy that was riding his bike, and you think about the worst thing that can happen if you have a bike accident, meaning on a bicycle. Yeah. He fell off his bike, and he landed near an alligator's nest <laughs> and was attacked by a gator in Florida, of course. Was he killed? And the was last he one killed? we talked about are these, was these he type killed? of squ- was he What's killed? That? Was he killed? No, somebody saved him, but he was torn to shreds. So oh, he's Jesus. in the hospital. Jesus. Um, and then the other one was, I guess, with all the rain down in Texas, they're getting these uh, these scorpions called vinegar runes. Is that how they? I guess that's their nickname. But they they're these larger scorpions with with big talons that shoot um, uh, you know acid out of their tail. Huh. So it's like it's like we're, we're, we heard more murder hornets, and now we have vinegar runes and all this other crap. It's like. Where are these things coming from? So yeah. that is a, that is a world of stupid. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yesterday well. we had well, we had a really good one. Oh, yesterday we had a woman in uh, where was it? Was it Utah? The, the I'm den- to remember the she, dental the dental office yeah. robbery. <laughs> she she broke into the dentist's <laughs> office and stole twenty thousand dollars and pulled thirteen teeth from an unconscious patient. So it's like, just a little where extra. Was, and again, you asked the, the poignant question: Where the hell was the dentist? Yeah. Well, where was he? And then, like, who's who's stealing something? Like, the whole point of, like, thieves or guys that, like, if you're robbing a bank, you see the guys, they're checking their watch. They know how long it's going to be before the cops get there, whatever. This woman decides after stealing $20,000 that, yeah, I got time to pull 13 (laughs) teeth. (laughs) That's such a odd, it's a lot of teeth. (laughs) Yes. The poor person in the chair waking up. Uh, Brutal. Um, <laughs> it's got to be awful. What were the odds? What were the yeah, odds right. of that happening? Over under on six and a half teeth. She blew it out of the water. <laughs> it's just crazy. Speaking of 13. I mean, like, this sorry. stuff writes itself. Like when I, I had the idea with Scott a couple of years ago, I said, what do we do this story? Like I find dumb stories every day. And, and then the funny thing is anytime I'm struggling to find a story, all I do is Google Florida, man, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. So there's always something. If we had to set the line, I think the line actually might be at this. For the Ravens' win total for the season at 11.5, are you going the over or are you going under? I, I think the number's good. I like them. Uh, I think I picked with the new 17-game schedule, 12-5. and five. There'll be two games in there that they lose that they shouldn't. Uh, they'll lose the three good teams. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, I would take the over. Uh, again, the hard thing about betting season-long overs when the totals are high, like I'm always trying to find those values, like the the teams that I think are going to be good where their total set at six. Mm-hmm. And by good, I mean 500 or better. Those are the teams I like to bet on because when you bet on a team with a high number, the 11 and a half, 12s, right. whatever they are, and it feels like it's a no-brainer, if anything goes wrong, uh, quarterback's out for three weeks, it changes everything. You know, like it's to me those are calculated risks, um, whereas I like to take – I like to take the unders on a lot of teams, which most people don't like to bet. So, but uh, that's that's kind of what I'll do uh, with the season long, and then the same thing with the Ravens. Like, I bet them. I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl last year. I bet them at the beginning of the year, um, and you know the odds were fairly good. But uh, but uh, again, I, I don't. They'll have like the fifth best odds, or be in the top five, depending on which uh, sports book you're looking at. So it's not that great unless you want to lay down, you know, a large chunk and then hope to, you know. You'll win three or four times your money, five times your money, depending on where you're finding Right. All right. Well, Jeremy, we appreciate you taking the time for us, as always, every week. You can find him on the Big Bad Morning Show every morning on 105.7, as well as all his picks at PressBox Online. 
Com. We will uh, chat with you next week when Glenn's back in the studio. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate All it. Right, talk to you soon, Jeremy. There he goes. Jeremy Kahn. Amazing guy. Friend of the Amazing show. Guy. Amazing gambler at times as well, although he's had his bad days too. But don't all gamblers. That's kind of the nature of the business. Not me. Not Stan the fan. Uh, we're going to take our third and final break. Today's show has also been brought to you as we're broadcasting. Because I don't bet. Because yeah, right. I don't bet. As we're broadcasting for the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio by the fine folks at Window Nation. And right now, as we mentioned earlier, get 50% off all styles of windows. Put no money down and make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. Call 866 866- 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. On the other side, we will do two Utes as intern Jack will tell us what's popping with the young kids these days, including the phrase, what's popping. It is Glenn Clark Radio, Kyle Ottenheimer, Stan the Fan Charles. We will be right back. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new Shrimp Po' Boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York Strip Steak, the Barbecue Chicken Bowl, Barbecue Ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings Combo Platter, Zucchini Fries, and a Key Lime Pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' Summer Ale, or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. And we are back. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Today's show is brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Uh, that brings us to our two Utes segment with intern Jack, which means I need to whistle a little bit. <laughs> Admittedly, I don't even know what song I'm whistling, but Glenn does it, so there it is. Jack, what is going on in the world of the Utes today? Um, so the uh, Adam Schefter tweeted out this morning um, that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons, and it would have made him the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL. Saw that. So... Obviously, with that comes, you know, like more. Was it going to make him wealthier than Jeff Bezos? I do not believe the contract is going to be $200 billion, but um, it was going to be a nice chunk of change for him. And it kind of just like goes on with like all of the drama that's been circulating that team. I feel like I turn on ESPN and it's just like it talks about the NBA finals, it talks about a little bit of baseball, Shohei Otani, and it's Aaron Rodgers like every day. Yep. And. You know, like with the with the Packers, like using their pick last year to draft Jordan Love in the first round and not taking, you know, like a, a, a running back or mm-hmm. a receiver or whatever, whoever the case may be. You know, people are going to start attacking the Packers organization for doing that. And Rodgers has come out and said numerous times in the last several weeks that it's not about the players, it's not about the coaches, it's not about the training staff. It's just about the the front office, the top guys. And you know, clearly. The, he he's kind of had enough with the way he's been treated for the last I don't know however many years this whole whole uh, drama in Green Bay has started to take place. But um, it's funny that everybody is now attacking Jordan Love, who has never played a snap in the NFL before, and they're, yeah. they're just like yeah, that's somehow it's his fault, right? Exactly. So I mean, you have the reports coming out in in the OTAs that you know he can't throw the ball that well, his accuracy is not there. I mean, give the guy a break, like. He's never played a down in uh, the NFL in his, his life. I mean, he was drafted last year with zero chance of playing. I mean, they had the MVP and the NFL on their team, so no reason for him to ever step on the field. Yeah. And, you know, people are, are, are saying that it's just every the whole Packers organization is just, like, slowly crumbling right now. And it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't offer him more money. I mean, he clearly doesn't want it, and you can't can't trade anything to get a pretty awkward so it's not not the best situation i mean poor jordan love he's just trying yeah, to know, right? trying to work get better be ready for the season because right now he's slated as the starter but. i've always found though that the dumbest thing that they could do is to totally give in to him with what he wants which is for them to fire the general manager you cannot have a player no matter how great he is especially now if he's 29 years old I might be talking differently, but at his age, to fire the general manager and set the precedent that he runs the team 
is the the worst possible move they could make. Well, that's also like the thing, and that's like the biggest difference between the NBA and the NFL. I feel like players in the NBA have like way more leverage. They request a trade, and I feel like the day after they're gone. I mean, the backers are clearly unwilling to budge one bit with Aaron Rodgers. No, oh, they say unwilling. They offer the most money of anybody in football. No, I'm saying like Rodgers wants out, and sure. they're they're. They're not going to get rid of him. They're just—he's not. You can't get you can't get an equal return or a greater for giving up Aaron Rodgers. Well, if he's prepared I think to retire. eventually. I think unless he decides to play, mm-hmm. that they will eventually get rid of him. Trade him? Yeah. I mean, I think that might be the smarter thing for them to do, depending on seeing as how as how ugly as it's gotten there. It's, it's similar to the Carson Palmer thing. Only Aaron Rodgers is infinitely yeah. better. Right, but at the time, Carson Palmer was the Bengals' number one quarterback. Yep. And they said, nah, he's not going to do it. And he sat out. And finally they said, you know what? We'll trade you. You're traded to the Raiders. So what are, what are, the, what are the Utes saying? Um, well, so it's kind of just like a lot of people are sticking up for, for Jordan Love okay. over here. Because it's like how He's you, a Ute too, you know? Well, exactly. He's a young guy. has yet to really accomplish much in his young career. I mean, other than being a first-round draft pick. Sure. Which is, which is a pretty, pretty incredible feat right there in itself. But, um, I mean, you kind of just have to just let this whole thing just slowly dwindle down on its own and kind of let it fade but it's Aaron Rodgers the MVP of the NFL so I'm, I mean it, it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the quarterback I mean I've they in that golf match that was going on right. with uh, him Bryson and Brady and Phil they were they kept like kind of joking about it hinting and Brady was like oh like I think he's going to be the Packers quarterback next year so like nobody knows anything with what's going on with him I don't even think Aaron Rodgers knows what's going on right now probably um, not but no I mean less than a Month and a half, I guess. Ravens rookies so. among one of I think four teams whose rookies reported to training camp today. Football is right around the corner, so yeah. it's about the time the Packers see their crap or get off the pot. You know? Would you trade uh, Lamar Jackson for no. uh, Aaron Rodgers? No, I would not. No, definitely I would, not. I would not. But I. Uh, it's a one-year removed MVP to a former. Well, uh, thirty-eight years MVP. old is exactly. The You're also here. trading yeah. fourteen, fifteen years of, yeah. of age. But yeah, uh, no. Aaron Rodgers deserves. I mean, all the credit in the world. He is one of the best quarterbacks and has probably the second to third most leverage of any quarterback in football as far as all that's concerned. So the Packers are definitely up against it here. Still only won one Super Bowl. I know. Yeah. I, know. I mean, I, don't More get than me wrong. I, I respect him. He's a great player. How many player. have you won, Stan? Uh, I'm only one behind him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never suited up in a game, and I'm only one behind him. Yeah, well, uh, I guess me too. All right, what's number two on the list? So, um, <coughs> <they're coughs> um, so the Olympics just – Officially released their uh, their whole sleeping arrangements. Yeah, for... I joked about this at the start of the show. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's pretty crazy to see that they're going to put the best athletes in the entire world on a cardboard bed that's made out of completely recyclable materials. Now the mattresses I don't think are made out of cardboard, but the bed frame. The bed frame is are one hundred percent cardboard, yeah. right? So I mean, it's going to be kind of funny when you see like Kevin Durant and the rest of the basketball team yeah, pull I would up and they they have some other accommodations <laughs> in place for people like that. And they, like and they that. see a, a twin bed that's 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 made the out thing of, that messed me up. A twin bed, like right. I'm a not a professional athlete, well, and there's no chance I'm getting a good night's sleep on a twin bed. And I don't need to go and play in the Olympics, so it's not as much of a downside if I have a bad night's sleep. But what the hell are they doing <laughs> to these guys or in girls too? And putting them in that situation when they have to go and compete in the most important competitions of their life. You'd think that they'd have at least give them like a, a full-size bed or, or something. Maybe I truly a, don't I mean, get it. The seven-footers, I don't think, can, can fit. What about like the bodybuilders? Right. Like, what is, how is that going? Like, 
Are well, there sumo? Re- there's no sumo wrestling in the no, Olympics, I don't, I don't, I don't think. think so, but no. I think they saw they can withstand like, like 444 pounds. Yeah, or something, something, like that. something. So it's like at least not one person. But uh, so there was a, a video that. So there's like a whole speculation with like the Olympics trying to like reduce the amount of like sex. Right. Yes. You so, can say that. You can say sex. Okay. Jack. So. Um, <laughs> So basically, they were saying that the beds are kind of like designed so that like no guy or girl or like or anybody can just like fool around after. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like to re- to enforce. Because as we all know, it's impossible to have sex unless there's a bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Why you can't have sex on the floor? Exactly, Stan. There's plenty of other ways if you get creative to figure out uh, skirting around the rules. Yeah. Let alone the fact that we've seen that maybe uh, it's not as much truth. To the whole thing. Right. I mean, be thought. honest with me. You've had sex in this studio. Never in my life <laughs> have I had sex once. I am a virgin, and I will be a virgin until the day that I die, Stan. I'm sticking to it. All right. You heard good, it here good first. Good for you. I'm very proud of you, Kyle. So, it was, uh, so the reason I brought that up was because there was a, uh, a gymnast who's at the Olympics already. I guess yeah. like they don't, don't all arrive at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he uh, posted a video of him. Jumping all I over the this. bed, trying to like ho- fully like debunk the whole like, that sturdy anti-sex enough. beds. It looked I mean, it sturdy. didn't look like it was going to break. I mean, I also that guy probably weighs no more than 115, 50. 120 <laughs> pounds, right. so he's not the best example to use. But maybe you got to get a guy who weighs like two hundred pounds and have him jump on that bed two twenty. Right, but. the discus throwers <laughs> out there jumping on beds or something <laughs> like that. Right, but um, no. So that's like that's just another issue that's going totally. on with the Olympics. They as recently if they, announced as if that they, they need more. They're holding out the potential of just having a last minute. Cancellation. Yeah, I did see that this morning. After that like they... 71 people have already tested positive yeah. for COVID in the Olympic Village. So. Kind of a disaster all around yeah. over there in Tokyo. Let's but... just hope they can make it through the entire games and finish everything. Yeah, so. yeah that's all you can hope. All right, uh, number three. So we were we were talking about it this morning with like the whole Jeff Bezos flight and everything like that, and people have really people really don't take a, a strong liking to that guy. Amazing. So um, weird. So they were talking about thought? how like. Him, Richard Branson, who just previously was who took his own trip yep. to space. These guys just have so much money that they're just trying to go on like a joy ride. It's like the rich. It's like the what the rich and famous will do nowadays. Like if you have the money, might as well just take a trip to space. It's better than going uh-huh. to the beach. Um, Jeremy Khan's going into space next week oh. with all his winnings. So. Amazing. How about yeah. that? But um, so he kind of kind of like came out into a he had an interview yesterday i guess like pre-launch they were going through like all these kinds of questions and everything was it an independent interview or was it an amazon arranged interview was it like no it was like they were at like the spaceship and he was like in like that blue suit and it was just like it was like a wasn't like a formal thing it was Was it fluff was it like everyone asking him softballs or were they actually grilling him on like no it was just no it wasn't like anything like super crazy just like how's he feeling like what's like excitement all that kind of stuff so it wasn't like the greatest like yeah information you were pulling from him but he basically came out and said that his like the entire reason for for this and because it's costed i think it was like over two two uh, what was it a couple million dollars a, a set a minute yeah. for this flight or something like that i think it was like three million dollars a minute yep. for for what the flight was going to cost um but just he, just out of my budget <laughs> that's about what he pays to have sex uh, we don't know for sure yeah. it might be more it might be a little but, bit um, less i mean he happens to be one of the smartest people that we have whether you like him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of just came out and said that the reason that he's doing this is because, well, right now it costs a fortune to go even like experiment just like the tip of space. Just the tip. But he was coming out, he kind of said that it's like sort of his job and like his generation's responsibility, meaning our generation, I guess, to 
come out and go to space and try and see what is out there because they asked him some like a question along the lines of like oh like with everything going on on earth like what's going to happen in you know 150 200 years from now is yeah. he, are we even going to be able to live on this planet so he kind of came out and said that it's like his job and like everybody who I guess can can afford to go go yeah, up to right. go up to space to try and see what 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 the uh, I'm sure they'll be up figuring there. out a lot of stuff in the four minutes right. that they are so up above there. You know? Yeah, exactly. So they're trying to. He was looking to see if they could build infrastructure up there and how they can make it like sort of inhabitable for. Basically, he's trying to make Wally a reality. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I think it's slowly coming true. Which I is know. trying to expand the profile or uh, the reach of Amazon. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, he's got to deliver space, to the aliens. Prime, you know? <laughs> I have a feeling it's just a midlife crisis, but what do I know, you know? No, yeah, when, you have, when you have this much money, I, you can you can do these things. New Yorkers are being told to like turn their lights off for like half the day and try and conserve energy. And meanwhile, Jeff Bezos is sending hundreds of gallons, <laughs> hundreds of millions of gallons of gasoline right. up into the atmosphere. Look at him go. Look at Jeffrey Bezos doing his thing. All right, Jack, appreciate all that intel and uh, look forward to seeing what you come up with for the rest of the week. That was two utes, and it brings us now to the... End of our show with our requisite wind-down portions. Uh, tidbit of the day is brought to you by Toyota. And let me tell you, if you are in the market for a new car, well, you can't do much better than the stylish RAV4. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com. For deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. So, tidbit. Yes, Spencer Watkins impressed in his fourth appearance for the Baltimore Orioles. What if I were to tell you that in his four appearances, he has already been worth one win above replacement. Uh, in only four appearances, he is literally the seventh most valuable Oriole in 2021. Uh, he is now .3 wins over placement behind the third place value guy for the Orioles, Tanner Scott, at 1.3. But he has impressed 1.65 through four outings. And as I mentioned before, 69 consecutive wins away from a 100-win season. Watkins, to his credit, is the first Orioles pitcher in 2021 to allow one earned run or fewer in three straight starts. It just so happens that they were his first three major league starts. So here's to continued success to Spencer Watkins, and he's going to need to put together a little bit longer of a successful streak to find himself on this list. But Stan, yes. three starters in baseball this year have pitched to a sub-two ERA. Can you name them? Three starting pitchers in all of baseball? Indeed. And they've all made at least 15 starts. Garrett Cole is not one of them, correct? No, he is not. I imagine you have him on your fantasy team. No. No, he is at 2-6-3, uh, so not bad. But I not great. Am, uh, Jacob deGrom is definitely one Top of them. Top dog, 1.08 despite his now trip to the IL. He is head and shoulders the top pitcher as far as ERA is concerned. Um, is Kevin Gosman one of them? He is not only one of them, he has been the most valuable pitcher in baseball in wins above replacement this year at 4.9, with a 1.84 ERA through 19 starts this year 
for the Giants. So and I'm two for two. You are. Well, except so for get, Garrett Cole, so you're two for three. Well, I, I said but my I said Garrett Cole's not one uh, of them. Fair enough. Okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough? Yeah, yeah I'll allow okay. it. Dylan Bundy. <laughs> a little bit off. Okay. He's uh, out of the that rotation. Was my third, that was my third guess. This is, I mean, hey, he actually recently got extended by the team that he's pitching for. It's an American uh, League team. Lance Lynn. It is Lance Lynn, who a journeyman prior, at least a guy who's a little bit older in age, who's found quite the second half of his major league career, pitching to a one mark for the Chicago White Sox. So, good job, sir. I would say that's close to being three for three. I mean, Dylan Bundy close. notwithstanding. Yeah. But all things considered. But I really a, thought Bundy was having that kind of year. Yeah, no. He is, uh, the Orioles seem to have won that trade, if you want to go back and do that whole uh, accounting business here. Uh, lastly, we have Totally Tubular. Totally Tubular brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. And we will see you July 25th at Jimmy's Famous Seafood for the return to training camp. Crab Feast featuring Tyus Bowser and benefiting Casey Cares. Get your tickets now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Tonight, a bit of history as on YouTube at 7 o'clock. The Orioles and Rays will be squaring off with John Means making his return to the mound against young, impressive starter Shane McClanahan. And that guy has some impressive stuff. But... What's historic about it is that Melanie Newman will be among the first ever all-female broadcast in Major League history. She'll be joined by Sarah Langs, Alana Rizzo, Heidi Watney, and Lauren Gardner uh, on YouTube TV tonight at 7. We're hoping to chat with Melanie Newman a little bit later on in the week about the experience. But 7 o'clock on YouTube, Orioles Rays. On Masson 1, you've got Marlins Nationals at 7 p.m. MLB Network this afternoon at 3.30. You mentioned Jeremy Kahn liked the over in this game. Angels Athletics at 3.30. Phillies Yankees at 7. And then Giants Dodgers at 10. Uh, of probably most interest to sports fans in general. 9 o'clock tonight on ABC. Game 6 of the NBA Finals as the Bucks look to close out the series. On NBC Sports Network on currently... Uh, I assume, uh, USA-Italy softball. Maybe that's not currently. Maybe that's at 11 p.m., but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Fox Sports 1, CONCACAF Gold Cup action. Costa Rica and Jamaica at 7, Honduras and Qatar at 9. On Fox Sports 2, you've got Suriname and Guadalupe, two famous countries at 7 o'clock. Panama faces Granada at 9. ESPN 2 continues with the basketball tournament at 7 o'clock tonight. USA, WWE, NXT at 8. For non-sports, The Flash on CW at 8, followed by Superman and Lois at 9. If you're a fan of Chopped, that's on 9 o'clock tonight. Jason Sudeikis will be a guest on Stephen Colbert as Friday, Season 2 of Ted Lasso comes to Apple TV. Looking forward to that. The Capital One College Bowl continues tonight at 10 o'clock. Uh, Jimmy Fallon has the Jonas Brothers. Zoe Zister... I don't even know who that is. I don't care. Zoe, Desch- Z- Zoe Deschanel? It is not. Zoe oh. Lister-Jones. Oh. I don't think you know who that is either. On Seth Meyers, Kristen Chenoweth, Tim Robinson, big, big fan of his work, and Simon Rich, uh, and Taku Hirano at 12.35 a.m. And then Kimmel... With guest host Anthony Anderson has Henry Golding, Robin Thicke at 
five. Uh, that'll do it. Thank you to our guests on today's show. Connor Norby, Orioles' second-round pick. Enjoyed chatting with him. Stephanie Reddy breaking down tonight's game between the Bucks and the Suns, as well as Jeremy Codd. If you missed any of that, we'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. Thank you to Stan the Fan, as always, for sitting in. Thank you to Young Jack, our it's intern. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It is our pleasure, sir. Our intern for his uh, additions to the program with two Utes and uh, occasional stat lookups. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Grade 8's Memorabilia, and Sports Social MD, the BMW Championship, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, and your local Toyota dealers and buyatoyota.com. On tomorrow's show, we will catch up with Drew Forrester for the first time since his trip to Omaha for the U.S. Senior Open, where he did not make the cut, but he made quite a few memories, as I know that he and his son got to walk the final hole together with Ethan taking the bag and caddying for Drew. And I know there was some uh, press that he received from the Omaha newspaper as a result. Looking forward to catching up with him. We'll probably chat a little bit about Colin Morikawa's win at the Open and uh, British Open. It's called the Open now, I guess. Uh, we will also have some other things with irons and fires and stuff and things. So, thanks everybody for listening. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>